the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe. Whoa, Rick, check this guy out. He's really, he's got a lot going on for him. Silence, Morty. Hey, everybody, this is your good friend, Dr. David Proden from down here in the North Star Recording Studio in Southern Wisconsin. And it's kind of a dicey, sketchy one at the moment because we have a severe thunderstorm warning going on. So it's it's pretty intense. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's just the way it is here on the Safety Doc Podcast. You got to deal with stuff like that. That's why we record from the bunker for maximum security. 99.8% of the time. Hey, today we have Philip Heinrich from Germany. He's going to be on. We're going to have him on just in a moment, but a few things. One is uh, let's talk about the show. We have some partners of the show, the 405 Media out of Los Angeles, California, the 405media.com, syndicating this show 2 p.m. PST daily out in the state of California, the city of Los Angeles, the 405media.com. Also, rooftop life rafts, rooftop life rafts out of Canada working across the world, providing rife, life raft systems for people in flood areas, such as the Netherlands, such as Houston, Texas, all over the place. They're great folks. Innovative. You're going to see more uh, about their work, especially as we get into hurricane season here in the United States. I think they've really got the right approach to designing something that has a great psychological interface with people who are stressed and need a rescue system. Hey, please subscribe to this channel. I appreciate it. Our viewership is increasing, and this is really the primary delivery of the Safety Doc Podcast. It's always on audio. You can go over Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, places that have podcasts, and you can find it too. But this is really the main place to get it. And then also a thumbs up. We already have some in there, but if you can give a thumbs up to the show, that is greatly appreciated. So last week's guest, Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel thief. So Larry Lawton has the fastest growing channel on YouTube. So that podcast is out and you can go in to safetyphd.com, read the entire blog post, link out to Larry's channel, um, link out to his program, the Reality Check program. And it's amazing, right? Because, you know, Larry was in some of the toughest prisons in America, Atlanta, uh, where every day was just about survival and just just a great guy. So check out that show. And, you know, we continue here at the studio. When I say we, it's me um, and the nine ghosts that happen to haunt the studio right now. But they're friendly. So, you know, it's okay If you see things in the background, you don't have to email me because, yeah, they're all they're all happy spirits, which do like the show. I'm kidding on that, right? But um, I, I continue to to find, to have people contact me, phenomenal guest for the show. Um, you know, we talk about Larry Lawton. And this week, you know, Phil is on the show, a security expert, you know, in Germany, just so in tune with situational awareness, with face validity. I followed his work for quite a while and, and contacted him and said, I, I need you on my show. And not only on my show, but I need you to help inform the book that I'm writing right now, The Velocity of Information. Hey, we talk about book and we're going to get Larry or we're going to, 
if we get this book over here, my book, School of Airs, Rethinking School Safety in America. Um, it is hard copy. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, places that sell books, countries that don't ban it. You can get this, right? Um, 30 bucks, it's less on Kindle. It's it's in libraries, uh, things like that. Um, but yeah, the first chapter, how thinking about a bagel can get you through the worst day of your life. It's heavy on uh, chaos theory, how to recognize that you're in chaos, how to function once you're in chaos. Hey, today's guest, uh, Phil Heinrich. Um, and, and I know Phil, I'm probably not getting the last name right, but I, you're the guy. Okay. So Phil is an entrepreneur, security instructor, weapons trainer in Germany. He started his career in security as working as a night watchman while attending university. After working in human relations and studying business psychology, he decided to become an entrepreneur at age 24 and sold his business three years later. Returning to his passion of teaching security and weapons training, he is now working as a security instructor and business consultant. So today we're going to be talking about face validity in Germany. What is uh, what is Phil actually observing in, in Germany? We're going to talk about civilian propaganda campaigns, um, situational awareness. Phil uh, worked as, as, a, as we would say in the U.S., a paramedic, and then also in a capacity of uh, supporting, you know, like a fire department kind of um, like a technical export uh, expert um, measuring finite voltage. This will be interesting, too, because we talked about this yesterday and then I, I did a search for it and it was completely scrubbed from the Internet. I couldn't find it. And it's it's a premise um, that I talk about quite a bit. Thankfully, I have the actual documents about it. And then also we're going to talk about, hey, what prepared Phil? for the year 2020, when we have the coronavirus pandemic, the lockdowns, the perpetual lockdowns of civil unrest. So Phil, welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast. First of all, I was gonna do this intro for you, but um, I, I, I'm gonna, I think I'd get an echo. So um, yeah, it's it doesn't, uh, oh, wait a second, here we go. I think I'd get an echo, so. Um, so there, I had to do it for. And I'm, I'm still working out the soundboard, man. It's the studio is just crazy with that, you know. Um, I it, yeah. So the Safety Dot Podcast at some point will have it. Phil, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. Very very nice introduction. I I like it. All right. I really like it. I'm a little bit flattered by this. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, I so. Phil and I talked um, yesterday, actually, and and this this is a page of notes I took after or, or while talking to him. Now, the problem with the safety doc taking notes um, as as I'm doing this is I'm I'm looking at these later. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what did I write here? Because I'm you know my handwriting is pretty pretty horrible, so I'm having to do this like you know little deciphering type thing. Um, and, and we we have a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a joke because. Um, Phil was talking about a concept of, of, um, crowding in, okay. Crowding in like a crowd crowding in. And, and it's a technical term has to do with, for example, um, people during times of stress might buy trinkets, might buy other things to surround themselves with, to provide more comfort. So like, if I have to stay home because of the pandemic, I might buy more things to make it more comfortable. Like, you know, um, well, again, just just trinket comfort items that I'm going to buy or video games or whatever it is. Um, 
so we're talking about this and I'm thinking, oh my God, like, you know, that makes sense for face validity, right? Maybe if you see people doing this, maybe if you're going to a store, yeah, we all saw the toilet paper was gone, the hand sanitizer stuff, but did we notice other things were gone? Like these, these, these crowd in these comfort things, which, you know, things like paint, uh, so people could paint their house video games. So I went on last night and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a little more information about crowding in. I couldn't find any. It was all from a, like a fiscal perspective because there is a finance term of crowding in and then crowding out. So, so I got a hold of Phil and I'm like, where is this magic information? And, uh, and as he indicated, you know, it does exist and he provided some other links to it. But then he, he was talking about finite voltage, which is a term I use a lot on the show. And then, uh, I, I'm, he's saying, you know, finite voltage is kind of hard to find on the net. And so I go on and, and it was for me, like I talk about it all the time, you know, 200 days of studies during World War II, 200 days for soldiers before they kind of have a mental collapse or they captured or something like that. And I couldn't find it. And I remember when I was writing my book, it was, it was kind of ubiquitous. Like I could do a search, find five, six references to Dr. Apple, and now it's kind of scrubs. So, um, so I think we're like the, the knowledge on the internet. It's like grab it now or buy the books because like it's gone. So oh man, but Phil, Phil, thank you so much. Um, so tell us about you know, tell us about face validity. What are you observing right now in Germany? Well, it's um, it's very rapidly changing at the moment because every day there is new news. So um, some minutes ago, I went to the um, to the store, which is just around the, the corner, and we have um, even now with the crisis, they want to give us some new kind of stimulus. They okay. give us a little um, tax reduction on everyday products. So it is uh, valid at the first of July. It will it will come, but today I was I was in the store and actually. You could notice many things there. There were a lot of trinkets were there. There were like little um, Lego sets, little okay. Star Star Wars or branded things. They they usually come up to certain periods of the year. Um, for example, in in the Easter time they come. Um, in the Christmas pre pre Christmas time, when there are a lot of gifts, now it's uh, they have these and they have special offers like bikes, Christmas Christmas like things were there. It's not Christmas ornaments, but the gift things were there. And uh, it was crazy because it was a grocery store. And there were all these um, special offers, like the electronic store, for example. They offer 19% off. It's it's very good. It's once once a year, every um, okay. turn of the year. To the, when they get rid of the, the clearance things, it's, it's the same right now. There is sale after sale after sale in, in any of these of these uh, shop situations. So, so what do you think? Fair, what's causing crazy. what's causing that? I mean, is it is it because people aren't buying, or is it have you have you not seen this before, like this time of year? What what no, do you think is causing no. that right now? It's um, I guess it's a combination of things because people people had some some kind of stimulus checks. There was some ah, okay. small businesses got a fixed sum. They got some. It is. It, it will end and some um, things were postponed. For example, if you were, were on a loan, you had the chance to pay it back later. This is ending right now, but there's a new kind of ch stimulus. If you have a kids, you get about 300 euro 
per household or per kid, I think. I, I'm not sure about that. And I think there is some correlation between that, so that if you've got 300 euro, you might invest into a new Nintendo Switch, which was okay. sold out. It was sold out for three months. There were scalpers everywhere. And very interesting thing. Every trinket, handheld, gaming device, or even laptops, it was, it was impossible to get refurbished laptops. It, it was impossible. There was no chance. And right now, not, not to mention any conspiracy, but very good planning. When they get the delivery, they get the money, they can immediately spend it on what? On those things. Very interesting. Also, I must um, yep. tip my hat to many um, online learning schools. They had 40% off. The best time if you want to start any online learning or some online business, it was, it was now or never. It was what? it was crazy. You were sales, sales, sales everywhere. So I think you were telling me yesterday the government was actually um, providing like training and would pay people for you know computers for yeah. hotspots, whatever to start up a digital. And that started actually about two years ago, right? But but with coronavirus now, it's been rocketed forward. So part of this actually dates back two years in Germany. Yes, there's. Um, like, um, how could you say, digitalization pact is there? Because it, it was, um, our companies um, need to get one step forward into the future. And um, let me think, um, there was a problem with some companies being held back because not being digitally um, aware. There were no real internet um, sites, no social media, nothing. Very interesting. Oh wow! So they, um, how could you say it was? It was a stone age. You, you. There's nothing. We, we had the best. They say we have the best technology. It's, it's all great. But there was no social media page. There, there was nothing. Big companies they had it, but small businesses, if they wanted to find any new people for their job applications, there was nothing. So that's that's interesting because. You know, I, in the United States, I didn't know that. Like, I, I would think, you know, Germany would have, you know, similar social media, similar whatever. But you're saying that doesn't that no. doesn't exist. I, I thought it would exist. Actually, um, when I was studying, it was um, st I started university 2007, eight. I started. I always wanted to become some internet guru or something like this. It's, uh, of course, it was a dream, but nothing more. But no one did it. It was all, it was classical business. It was um, classical pen and paper, everything. Now they are waking up to this e-learning, to online schooling. They right. were very, I, I won't say afraid, but they wouldn't accept it. They would say, ah, oh, you did it online. It's, uh, it's not valid. Right. Yeah. And I think some of that was in the US too, but probably not as recent to maybe like five, 10 years ago saying, Hey, if you're, if you're taking yeah classes online, it's not the same as face to face. And, and that again, those things have kind of leveled out where people say, yeah, online is, is pretty comparable to, to face to face. Hey, you also said, Phil, um, something about inner your email address in Germany is valid for two years. Right. And then you have to get another email it, address. It or how does that it work? It depends. It depends. Um, okay. Sometimes um, there are some offers which um, I I used to count my money when doing this, 
And uh, sometimes if you don't renew it, um, you must be quick to have it because someone else might buy it. It, it can happen. It okay. happened to me once. Um, bad luck, bad, bad organization. Um, I learned from that. So um, it's auto-renew now, something you should know. But, but in the past, it was not that easy as it is now. The technology has changed. If you have a credit card or PayPal, it's, it's one click away. It used to be a real hassle. For example, 10 years ago, you had to fill in a form with your, with your name. You had, you had to actually mail it in to somewhere so that you are in possession of this website. So getting a website to host, it was a four-week process wow. 10 years ago. It was, um, it was crazy. I, I even have a fax machine outside. Okay. So um, you, you, you cannot understand it if you have not done the business like this. So it's, um, it's crazy. It, anything has changed. It's wow. very interesting. So, so tell me about um, people you're interacting with during the day. Uh, we, you, had, you had some discussion where you, you said um, older people, like elderly people, are starting to lose it. Like they were, yeah. you know, from from either was it the being inside because of the pandemic, because of um, you know people wearing masks, and it's just unusual to communicate with people. Mass. I, I think you mentioned two stores are not, especially grocery stores, necessarily stocked. Fully, they're shutting down earlier. Uh, tell me about that your your psychological perspective of yeah what you see when you interact with people, even people are close to you, people maybe you thought wouldn't start to implode um, yeah. because of this, and suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, like this person's a good friend of mine, and they're showing some definite fatigue. So uh, you're really keen with that. So yeah, sure. Okay, share uh, what what I can really say is that many people around me I thought were were based in reality, they're losing it. There are, um, especially students are losing it. There's, it's like there are two two camps of people, one who go totally crazy. The, they do nothing else than posting on the Instagram some sources from he said this, they said this. They even, they even calculate numbers on Facebook. They calculate the daily numbers for infections or someone said this this cannot be or yeah this yeah. cannot be they they are they are they're expert now they, they they claim to be experts they have done something totally different now they're expert on viruses or some catastrophe it's it's crazy and then there's the other per, uh, kind of person who say oh I, I don't want to have anything to do with this i just want my freedom back very interesting very interesting I don't recognize some of them anymore. They are totally gone. So you mentioned people. I wrote about that in a blog post. I'd have to go back and look, but there's not actually in the velocity of information. There's there's a term for it um, when you say you know people going on the net and and they start to search for you know coronavirus or whatever. Let's say coronavirus, right? And and it's they'll do more searches and more searches. And pretty soon it's like 10 hours they've done searches. And now they, they become convinced of a certain narrative or fear. Like any of us, like if we were searching any specific negative term, airplane crashes, and before we took like an airplane ride or something. Um, so this, this just gets to overwhelm people, right? Now you talked about people close to you who you don't recognize. Give me an example of, of maybe one of those people. Of course, you don't have to identify them, but like oh, no, what, no, what, changed, what changed for them? And then also like when you tried to maybe reason with them, 
did it work or did they did it just be like you know because part of it is like i've found people it's pol it's polarizing right it's binary they're either this is this is completely going to you know wipe out society and we have to do all of these preventive measures i'm not saying right or wrong i'm saying that's one camp and the other camp is you know this this will be this will you know run its course like we don't have to go through these other measures and there is no in between but but tell me because i've had some interesting interactions too and i want to hear you know what it, what are these people saying to you and and what are you so shocked about, man? Yeah, I'm shocked because they were based in reality mostly. They were, this were like, you must imagine these were like STEM people who are very based in maths and uh, evidence and sources. Suddenly, suddenly they are based in very wild conspiracies. It's very wild. It's uh, something like, it's good that this is happening. Earth is renewing itself. This is this is people you don't want to be seen with them in in the context outside, because if imagine that you're working in security, you have to keep track of stuff. You have to you have to be focused on things, and suddenly he's he's talking about things from another world, which is crazy. Right. right. I you must distance yourself from this behavior because it will. First of all, they have the confirmation bias. They um. You cannot talk to them. You cannot reason with them. They say um, they even stop working properly. For example, if they lose uh, one um, person, lost his job, you they don't they don't get a new job. They they have such a doom or doomer mentality, like like the meme. There's a doomer meme. They they become that right, and they only they post nothing positive, nothing anymore. Only this crazy stuff. So, wow. so, so yeah, when somebody goes uh, to that, it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to bring them back if you can even do it at all. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's very, I can, I can understand if, uh, the appeal of, uh, some, some theories they have, but, but the behavior change they have there, um, there's suddenly a certain paranoia they right. develop. And I see this in young people. Young people get very um, paran paranoid, but old people they get depressed and more so. If I die, I die. And yeah. so, yeah. yep. Very. Um, you can observe this. I I observe this in my surroundings. Elderly people say, "Oh, if I die, it's, it's meant to be." It's very it's not this. And, I and, and, yeah, it. and younger people saying. Uh, I, I guess maybe like uh, I'm untouchable, you know, I have youth going for me, a stronger immune system. And um, so, you know, Phil, tell me about this. Tell me about grocery stores. I mean, you sent me a picture um, from a grocery store and, you know, a, a lot of things were, were gone. I mean, it was empty. Um, yeah. And then it also yeah. closes early. And, and also this where this what's happening right now. Is there isn't there's there's money for training people to get them into careers and things like that and people saying no no thank you um, yeah I I don't I don't want to do that um, which is obviously it, perpetually you can't have that because you know things have to to be manufactured 
bus routes have to go on. But but this this weird philosophy of a number of people of saying, no, I I I don't want to partic participate in this, even though you'll give me um, free training, you know, you'll you'll still give me unemployment maybe while I'm being trained. All of these incentives, and people are saying, nope. Well, first, there's some. Um, it was there before, but I think it's like the crisis is just a catalyst, which has um, which has made things worse or better. I say it. Um, the attitude in people has gotten way, way worse. They. Um, I was a little, I was a little skeptic and critical of many things in the economy and especially in security business. I was skeptical of the developments there are. For right. example, I'm I'm a person. If you if you are in Germany in certain areas, there are um, they close the stores at eight o'clock in the evening. Right. Yeah. So um, on one hand, they say um, we want a free time. I can get behind this. But on the other hand, they, they say we need the hours, we need the new jobs. So I could never get behind this thing because why should a store, a perfectly fine store, which could have opened two more hours, why should they really be closed? I see no reason in that. So why are they Very closed? Strange. What do you think is happening? Um, I try to reason with people. I try to talk with them. And they said like, I want my free time. I don't want to work. And um, I, I really got attacked when asking this question. I was um, was actually working in like a rural um, development project. So we, we have this little marketing clubs, uh, little rural areas. We want to improve things. We get money from the EU to change things up to better things. For example, um, if, they, if the business is running bad, we get marketing campaign money, something like this. Right. I was into one of these campaigns and I said, why don't we open the store past eight o'clock? Because there's a lot of industry here. People could get some food, could get some snacks, could get some groceries. Why don't we open a week, two hours for just under the week? It would be 10 working hours more. Sure. Then I, I, I really got attacked. I, it was, um, I couldn't understand what was going on. They, they said like, you want to take the free time from the poor mother who cannot see their child. They, they, had, they had this out-of-the-world argument right. that I would take the, the good time from the people who would have to go home, they would lose this time. Then I said, why don't we hire new people like students? Students could work in the uh, evening hours. They could uh, afford more things. No, we can't do that. So... It's some kind of work ethic, so it's it's a strange thing. Yeah, so so it's weird. It, it's been there before, um, you know, before coronavirus and I guess civil unrest, which is maybe just entrenching it more. I, I'm going to take you back to um, a, a story you're you're sharing with me, February 28th. Okay, so so in a context, February 28th was really about two weeks before here in the U.S. Um, that we started to have closures because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so, you know, it was really the middle of March when we had our uh, sports leagues, professional sports leagues shut down, Disneyland, Disney World, things like that. But back on February 28th, you were um, participating in a training of, of supporting, um, you know, firefighters 
And you're talking just just about best practice things, not even specific to coronavirus, but best practice things specific to, you know, wearing um, a mask because, you know, when you have a hose and you know, it used to be a fire fire, it depends on, you know, your, your suction, where you're getting water from. I always laugh because if people ever knew, you know, like these kids who get under uh, the fire department will open up a hydrant and the water comes out. If you really like analyze that water, it's all rusty and high flow stuff. It's just disgusting. But um, but you're saying, you know, th there are things people should do in general, just as best practice for safety. And you're getting dismissed. And this, is, it, this isn't even you trying to say, hey, there's coronavirus out there. We should take these extra precautions, but just typical things. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, coronavirus. But give me this your perception of mentality, even in, our, in your safety systems, how people just fatigue these or they don't take them as serious as they should yes. be. That was an amazing story. So take us back February 28th. So, well, um, we were um, doing with some drills. So, so just to, to have some um, pumps checked or to train your people. And um, I was, um, I'm the safety guy there. So it's, Nothing special, nothing too high, but but some um, additional safety points or some additional points um, keeping keeping the compliance of the law, for example, like not not driving through potholes. You have to tell that to some people. You have to tell some people do not take every pothole. So there was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it is what it is. So I was just um, suggesting, hey, we we got some. Um, some additional budget. Why don't we buy the mask? Because we, last year we had we had this big um, um, medic paramedic um, training, and there was like artificial blood. So so I had um, to check where the blood all went. It was it was really an, an analysis, and, and I analyzed it where yeah. the blood went, yeah. and it used there was a too big part which got on the skin of the helpers. So I said, why why don't we give the the little equipment, the little um, security equipment, personal security equipment, why don't we give that to every security person? Why don't they get a little kit? So there's a little mask in it. Maybe there's um, one-use um, gloves for one-time use. Why don't we give this to them? It's one or two um, right. euro or dollar. And people refuse that. We have it lying there. They refuse that. They said, I'm not a pussy. I'm not wearing gloves. Right, and I guess um, I'm I'm not against any safety measures. So I'm I'm really fine with many things. They are, they are also used to calm people down. It's okay to have it in some points. Maybe it's gone a little bit too far. Maybe I can't say that. I'm not the expert on that, but I can say that people refuse basic safety. People refuse like infectious diseases, for example. Yeah. We all know we know what kind of protection to take right. we, in, in every uh, walk of life, but we don't do it. And, and that's amazing. I mean, that, that you, you talk about that because, um, again, you know, just, just basic procedures. I, I mean, we have bloodborne pathogens and stuff in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. If you see blood on, you know, somebody gets cut, you're supposed to put gloves on and stuff like that. But, um, but I, the part that, you know, resonates with me is when you told people this, it's not that they were just dismissive, like we don't need it. They they were almost angry, right? They were kind of like, ah, oh, we're not, yeah, we're not wimps, we're not weak, we don't need this. Don't even bring us up again. And, and, and so you got to be really careful when you're trying to advocate for safety and stuff because people go, you, no. 
it's it's um it's some kind of false shaming because I'm I'm for freedom. I say okay if if you can do it, if nothing happens, it it might be okay. But what like for wood cutting, just having a simple wood cutting, simple glasses, so that no of the little wood gets in your eye. Right. They call you a pussy for wearing the glasses. I, it, it's not me. I saw. Um, I've done um, another analysis. Um, and I, I must. I must better myself. I checked the numbers of the accidents they happened. Okay. And I saw that in in woodwork, there's actually so much wood that gets into the eye of the people because they're not wearing protection. Or many of the. Um, I could never understand how someone could seriously injure themselves with German um, sauce. How can something like this happen? And usually there's a story behind it. Someone said, "Don't be a pussy. I don't need that." Like the safety belt issue, for example. If you if if you don't wear a safety belt and drive, and you are the one shooting out of the car and endangering someone else, it's right. not for your protection. Why don't people do that? I hope Bacon is listening. Bacon Maldito is a friend of the show, and that he has his he, he has his uh, safety belt on because he drives in Seattle. is pretty dangerous right now. But yeah, no. So this whole psychology, um, you know, I want to I want to spin this to another uh, discussion we had. So phase validity, we just talked about what you're observing and what um, what were you observing right away with the you know either pandemic or the civil unrest, but. What maybe the first day or two did you ob- observe for yourself to try to figure out what's actually going on? Did you go places? Yeah. Did you sit? You, you know, you, you, did you go out, outside of a store? Did you go outside of uh, an armory, a busy, um, you know, thoroughfare or something? I mean, how did you try to figure out for yourself? Like in Germany, oh man, this is this is what's going on because um, I'm sure the media isn't reliable. At least it's not in the U.S. It was like a creeping uh, process. It was like, okay, first, um, everything bigger was canceled. Every big uh, fair or um, expo was canceled where there are a lot of people. Yeah. This was canceled. Then international university traffic was canceled. Then certain people who went to Italy... Because there was in um, somewhere in the Alps, there was the first cases in Bavaria. Was also some cases. It creeped from the south. It came to the top, and then more and more things got slowly cancelled, slowly. And then it went very fast. Then we got. I was. I was actually at work when we got the notice. Um, we must talk. It's like in the bad ending of a relationship. We right. all. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like, just Phil, it's not you, it's us. It's the virus. We're shutting everything. Yes. Tell yes. Me about that. I want to I want to hear about when you got that notice and you're like, oh, this isn't and then okay, what I, they I told you what they didn't tell you. It was um it was confusing. Some some people, um co-workers, they were freaking out. They had uh, the horror scenarios like we will get uh, everything will be shut down, we will, there will be military on the streets, uh it was crazy. There was they were freaking out. There was nothing of this sort. Nothing. No police in the street. No military in the street. No violence in the street. It was it was exaggeration. So 
it was okay. We're doing um, no life lessons for the pupils. We're doing no life university. Um, we're going to e-learning. Schools were closed. Churches were closed. It's just like public was shrunken down, and the stores they were open, but okay. they had um, they had some restrictions on them. In the first week, there was nothing. But then there was, you had to get um, a shopping cart. And then I found something I, I actually love because as all this um, sports events and all this um, music events were canceled, our security people were off work. There was nothing to do. And in security in Germany, there are only very few, very few jobs you can do on the long term. Okay. It's mostly a gig, a gig economy, as you would yeah. call it, maybe. Yeah. They they were not unemployed. They didn't lose much because security personnel was used in um, the supermarkets. Ah. This was crazy. They were standing in front of supermarkets, no protection, nothing. Okay. And they were okay. They were cleaning. Professional people were standing in the supermarket, cleaning a shopping cart. Here you go, sir. Cleaning a shopping cart. Here you go, sir. This was uh, what they did for 12 hours straight. So I felt this was very unorganized. It was very, um, it was not fair for many people. Right. Because um, security people, they are well-trained actually in Germany. They should be well-trained. I know there's a lot of exceptions. And the rules just got stricter. So security personnel got a total different role, it seemed to me. At least at the moment, it seemed they would get another role. So, so was that just for like public relations? That I, I mean, that okay, people can go to the stores and there's this image that everything is being sanitized and stuff like that, even though there really wasn't a plan, you know, because it, again, people it, it aren't made sense. It they, made they, sense. They just repurposed it people. Made sense. It makes sense at okay. the moment. So, I, made... let, me, let me bring you back to you're talking about um, when you initially had the information, people are saying, uh, you're getting it from from the people uh, above you in the organization. Hey, things are going to be shutting down. And you, you mentioned a few things, like people you worked with were saying there's mil going to be military in the streets or there were military in the streets. Give me more of that range of all the stuff you're hearing. And then what did you do, like personally, to figure out what the hell's going on? I mean, did I you ha called have my I called my friends in the military. Okay. Okay. And I asked. I asked when are you going on vacation? He said, "Yes, I'm going on vacation." And so I knew that it can't be that bad. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that. So your member check, your friends in the military, and and uh, you know that's again that's a big part of um, what I talk about in my work in the show is your member check people you can go to who you trust and they're going to give you authentic information. So yeah, if your friends like yeah, I just got called in or I packed a bag and you know I'm gonna be at base or whatever like that. That's that's yeah. telling you then, yikes, like this is this is different. But if you if you have that information coming in, you're like, well, okay. And then how about how about these again, these people um who and this is what happens during the first like 72 hours, but especially right at the start, people just like are inundated with information. They start creating their own stories the interpretations of like militaries in the streets so, yeah. so you call your friend um what else what else did you do i mean were were there places would you uh, i guess what did you did you, you really examine laugh. you will you will laugh because <laughs> actually i checked on your channel because if oh. everything if anything goes down in the u.s this was when i first heard of you it's not flattery 
but I know that if I, if I can get valid information, which is useful for my life, I look to the U.S. That's the first point where I look. Okay. So I said I I looked on maybe maybe you can call this alternative media. I looked on Twitter what people were doing there, and I look um, I have a good radar on the third world. So if in the third world things go down, then they're going down everywhere. Because they're very, very smart people, um, self-sustaining people there. Yeah, who, who that's a good there point. I never thought about that. I, um, if I have a security, real, real security issue, a really security issue, I will call South African people because yeah. the security this company. Great. They, I love this. This is great. They, um, they are usually former military from Germany, USA. They go down there, and they they have things we can't imagine. A friend, friend of mine, he bought a tank. Uh, <laughs> Bacon, are you listening? There's a tank yeah, for I, sale. I can, I can, I can, Liquorous? I can say that. You, th you think this is a little extreme, but the security personnel who I retired, it, yeah, who, who really retired, who, who were like really militia guys, or uh, alongside fighting with the Marines, they go to some country you would never expect that. And I called them, and they said, "No, no, it's fine. It's it's inconvenient here. We got sanitizers." I asked, what sanitizer do you have? Oh, we got bleach. Right. So it's just, just like, that. oh, we got bleach. Yeah. And wow. I said, okay. I was thinking of not, not getting infected. I'm actually um, saying, okay, I don't, don't want to be sick. I know uh, I had food poisoning and nearly died several times of any kind of bug you could get. Yeah. But um, I was... Um, and the first time I was a little, um, nah, how, how could you say? I was very cautious because we get in paramedic training. You always have um, the hospitality uh, from the from the um, the bug you can get from the hospitals. Okay, I'm very sensitized to that. So the um, the flesh eating bacteria. Yeah, Let's call it that. like MRSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah MRSA. Okay, MRSA. Okay, I see. I. Um, I had a sensitivity training that many people called it in um, bad fitness uh, gyms. So I was always aware of infection ways like this. But I, I was always aware that even if something gets into your stomach, it might not survive the acid. So, yeah, I was, um, I was really aware of that. For example, on trench foot, we learn disgusting things like this. Yeah. So... I knew that it could exist, but I wasn't freaked out by it. But I just wanted to avoid it. So wow. there was, uh, I did a little less shopping, I guess, but nothing much has changed. So, so Phil, let me let me talk about um, th this concept um, of crowding in. So we t we we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Crowding in. Um, tell me about what that what that means. Um, and then also, I guess, you know, you and I can, let's hash this out a little bit because, so after we talked about th this yesterday, I was thinking about it during much of the night and I'm like, it's really an important um, skill to have to recognize when crowding in is happening because it's a whole different level of face validity. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but I'm like, this is really good. Like, I'm so glad you brought this up because I wasn't thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, if you can understand crowding in, it takes you beyond 
that first observation of face validity. Again, like people are like, oh yeah, like all the toilet paper is gone from the whatever uh, store. Like that's that's kind of a first tier face validity, but but crowding in gets you a few layers deeper, and then you can be like, oh, like I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this. So tell us, because I didn't know about this till yesterday. Like you're you're telling me about this. Like, how the hell do I not know? I mean, I like all these things. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. You're telling me this stuff, which I appreciate. You're a smart guy. I love this stuff. But tell me about crowding in. I was um, it was actually um my university professor. He was like. The old time, the old time, um, the old timer um, investor, the the asshole. The, sorry, I'm not uh, talking about like this. No, 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 no. I'm okay. I'm talking about my old professor. He was like this old money hungry entrepreneur. That's all. But he was, Larry, but yes. <laughs> no, Phil, okay. he was, We just got it. I love it. it. I, good I just okay. love it. I got it. I, I think I think that that he he still has a heart. That Mr. Clary still has a very good heart. He, he does. The it's very small. Ed, it I, grows at Christmas like three times and then it goes back down. But it's very small. I, I guess I guess the prof um, didn't have that. He was like he said, "You know when to invest." I said, "No, sir, I don't." When times are bad, people need to buy things for their home. Then you invest. Then they. And they he's, he told me this. It was like um, there was like a crisis um, in the automotive sector. Okay. Many people lost their jobs in two thousand eight, two thousand eight to two thousand ten. It was it was not a good time. It was not a good time. Many people were laid off, and he said he came to me and said, "You know when to invest when people need when they are in their home, when they are homeless and not workless, when they have no work, then you sell them things for their home." It, it dawned on me that um, he just he described it as crowding in, and um, yeah, well, let me co mostly in yeah economic um, definitions, and you can see this. Um, they did studies where many terrorist attacks in countries are. Yeah, actually, then people buy things for their home, and they are more most more more homely, so they have more um, emphasis on. Christmas uh, gifts, on birthday gifts, on material things. Very interesting fact that this is. This is. And I want you to talk about this because um, this is this is new. It, 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 to me, it, it would seem contraindicated, right? I'm. Yeah. For me personally, if um, you know, if there were like you know terrorist attacks or or you know the pandemic, I'm probably not. Or I can tell you exactly what I did. I didn't spend more on comfort things. I spent more on staples, you know, such as um, you know, food, water, um, cat food, uh, you know, cat litter, things, things like that, which would also be expendable at some point or consumed at some point. So, but I wasn't down here, you know, buying more Napoleon dynamites um, and and things like that. Um, but it's it's fascinating because what you said. It, so crowding in basically means people are realizing, hey, like I'm going to be home more of the time. I want to surround myself with things that make me feel better, like that, that raise my morale. That yeah, and, and these are things which could be yeah, just a, a trinket or uh, you know a game or something like that. So it was fascinating. I I had some time last night to do some research, and I was trying to figure out like what, what our big 
big box stores, Walmart, Target, stuff like that, which is hard to get this information. I'm going to try to work with these stores directly. But anyway, like what were things that started to sell um, at uh, in March and April that typically don't sell because of the pandemic? What were things yeah. that would be um, crowded in? And I found a couple things. One is, is paint, interior paint was like yeah. flying off the shelves. Um, that was one thing. Um, crayons was was another. Um, and you were saying like even coloring like adults and, and kids like uh, you know they're giving out coloring pages. So those those were a couple things. Um, another one was like hair coloring, and I guess I can kind of see where that would go. But I, I'm trying to figure out um, what what are things. Okay, so I went to the store. Um, it was it was really weird. Like my wife and I tag teamed it. Right, and one of us would be home with the kids, and one of us would go out shopping. She did one round of shopping. I would go out at a different time, go to a different store to do more shopping because we didn't know what the hell's going on. Like everything, we didn't know where our store is going to be shut down. Um, all of this type of stuff. Are the banks going to go on a holiday and free stuff? Uh, you know, like middle of March. But so I, for face observation, face validity, I can see. I can see that the toilet paper's gone. I can see that the soup is gone, that the macaroni's gone. Um, but I didn't start to perceive until a couple of weeks later as I was going through some of the other aisles, hey, the paint's gone. Where the hell's all of the paint? And I think it I think there's a real knowledge here that if we can figure out these these crowded in things, wh what are other things that are missing? Like rubber bands, um, is it yarn? I mean things that you you, you absolutely don't need to live, right? They're not staples. It's not scarcity. That's another thing, you know, this whole thing of scarcity. It's not scarcity. I mean, um, buying paint for your house isn't scarcity. It's just crowded in. And I think there's a whole different psychological tier. If you can see people doing crowded in, then it's like, ooh, people are really, the economy is probably going to slow down. Maybe people aren't going to be invested. People aren't going to be out as, pe people are are just, think this finite voltage, I think, too. People are this 100 days, they're expecting this to last. Now, I don't have all this worked out, right? I don't understand. But you brought it up. And I, I guess I, there's... I, yeah, and I, I, and actually, before we go, um, you were saying, or, or Juan wrote, and it's up. Can you see the screen? Juan's comment. I, I see that. Could, I, you, I could can, you respond uh, to that? I can respond to that. Um, I my response will be directly linked to what you said. People do become hoarders if other people also are hoarders. I um, I think this whole situation in the economy it's a combination of many things. First, if people are down. On, if they are depressed, they need some joyful hormones, some joyful um, actions in their brain. For example, they need the buy action to have the satisfaction again in the brain. But also, they want to be parts of something. If someone else buys it, you want to be part and not miss out on that. So actually, you do become a hoarder. It, it depends on what. what. What I see, people become hoarders on on things they really no one needs in a crisis. I was I was uh, big into the gaming scene. I, I like collecting, but I thought in a crisis scenario when there's no electricity, what do you need this for? You can you can right. you can right. only play your consoles if if the grid is it's fully working. For example, if um like the, the PlayStation and Xbox and PC, they require, most games are live services. They require permanent internet. So there's no sense in hoarding that. But what I saw in that, 
people start hoarding Pokemon cards or old games. You're talking about old, that. Yeah. Old games, but even um, look at Netflix. There's a show, The Toys That Made Us. This is exactly what you see. They People are buying Masters of the Universe figurines with the packaging. They yeah. fly off the shelf in games. Of, I, I don't know. I, I never saw this craziness. I New toy collectors, but what I saw the last time, I um, you, you have Toys R Us. They went bankrupt, and they were replaced with Smith's Toy Store. I, I don't know if they are at your Smith's, too. So we replaced them here. They rebranded it. And I went to that store just, just for fun, and people were loading it. They were loading it with toys. Unreal. Yes. And, and this is this is happening during the, this pandemic, civil unrest, and all, all of this type of stuff, and, and people what, loading what he's up. Writing, yeah, what he's writing, alcohol, that, that's another thing. I, in any store I can go, there is every week there's a sale on another kind of alcohol. There's Jim Beam is one week for 10 euro. Next week is Jack Daniels for 10 euro. Then it's Jägermeister for 10 euro. Wow. It's always that magical number. It's always the bottle. And they have, for some reason, they have the summer products. They never had that before. Not At least not in this um, frequency. They, they give you a free glass with that. They give you a free this with that. I never saw that amount of toys being uh, bought, alcohol being bought. It's I never saw that. Well, you don't know Mictibus, our good friend here, A and W Boilermakers. That's that's kind of his thing. That's, he's a, good, he's that's a regular, a good guy. So so let me. So what do you make of this though? So you're you're saying you haven't seen these things, and these I would say are crowded in type things, right? Alcohol, yes. the the video games. So what do you make of that? Um, versus okay, it, there's two different things, right? Scarcity is when people are like buying, yeah, every. Um, everything off of the shelves for food. I'm buying the Hawaiian pizza, even though who the yeah. hell wants pineapple on yeah. a pizza? I mean, they're, but that's different. So now you're seeing this this crowding in type purchases psychologically. Phil, what do you what do you make of that? How what what is that reflect of people? What are they thinking? Because I can understand scarcity. I can understand somebody saying, "Listen, the stores might be shut down. They might be only open four hours a day with coronavirus. You might be limited to." four people in a store and people are like, holy Christ, like I gotta, I gotta get supplies for my family and stuff. And they're doing, but this is different. What, what does this tell us? I think it's, it's a coping mechanism. Coping. It's okay. Coping. It's like, um, tapping into the most basic biological needs. And like we, we have the Maslow pyramid, right. Which, uh, motivates people. I was talking to a friend today that people, the basic needs, they, they get food, they get fast food. I see lines outside McDonald's. I never saw that line before. Never. McDonald's actually is was going out of business in our area. No one, yes. The McRib is uh, back. Mac, Mac, wait a minute. McDonald's was shutting down at 22. So at 10, 10 in the evening. They were shutting down. Right. Now they're now they're open until the morning hours. People uh, buy they they get it delivered subway is delivering subway is um i see the burger king car they they have a delivery service now they're running like crazy people are getting fast food they're getting fatty foods it's an indicator for depression if you if you crave fatty foods people are buying plasma televisions and then plasma the, um oh, come on that was 10 years ago they're yeah, buying L the, what, the big yeah, like LED the big screen things. lcd led the 4k and 8k 
televisions they can't afford. It's it's crazy. I remember that um, I was always a little a tech guy. I was wasting money on look look at that PVMs. No one needs that. I was wasting money on something like this, and now I see people who buy televisions and they buy the PlayStation Pro. They buy anything. It's it's crazy. I never saw that. They buy new cars. So so tell me. Um, and we've got a, we've got a great, uh, great thread going on here, you know, with Juan Mixbis, uh, awesome. so, so, and again, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to, to figure out something that's going to be an entire, like, <laughs> you know, thesis of multiple people, but what, what do you, so, so you're observing this and, and again, this is great because again, two days ago. I had I had no idea to look beyond the scarcity to the, to these other things. Like, here, for example, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to contact the major retail, like our Walmart, our Target, things like that, and and, uh, and try to get a hold of someone to tell me um, what were 50 things that sold in. Tell me about your top 50 things that you were selling in March, April, May 2020 versus 2019, and if I can get that. And also say, what were things that were selling like that you didn't think were selling? And then we can kind of, so we talk about that, but what, what, it, how do you apply this? How, if you, if you go in and you start to see these things that are selling these purchases and, and, and also these luxury items in a time when it doesn't make sense because there's, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, there's civil unrest. Um, and, and, and. Uh, I guess, what are you reading into this? Is this is this like people are just completely ignoring what's happening around them too? Is it people are so fearful that they're reaching out for these comfort items? Is I, I, I'm trying to, I think there's some real useful um, anecdote here. I think there's some real useful reconnaissance to do this. And I, and I don't know what it is. I, I we'll, we'll discover it. Like we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. But I'm like Christ. We, I mean, people go back to this podcast and be like, "Look at Phil and Dave." That was that was the episode where this started. The whatever theory, the Phil and Dave theory. Um, I, sa- I said, um, "Grandma's asparagus." What's what's Grandma's asparagus? Asparagus, yeah. Asparagus. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I have. I don't know why. I have a sweet spot for elderly people. I, I, you can't be mad at them. They are just. Grand- grandma, let grandma do what she wants. So let grandma have her asparagus. I went, I went to the store, and asparagus is one kilogram. I don't know what this is in human measurements uh, around with you. It's not, it's not much in the civilized world. They, I, I think you don't have kilograms. Um, it's, it's not much. If you have this asparagus, it's like five sticks or something it's not much it was 1250 1250 you can get a lot of things for 1250 a lot of things right people grabbed asparagus they grabbed it people grabbed for six or seven euros strawberries two months ago they grabbed it off the shelf and you, you must imagine poor old grandma she has 800 um, euros to live 400 or 500 euro might be rent Okay. So she she's really on the edge, but she's grabbing this. She's grabbing the fatty foods. She's grabbing the bad things, which will make her heart stop. It's a very interesting thesis. For example, um, they did some studies with people who have diabetes that um, 
you don't say anything because they you think they're going to die. You say, let them have their fun. Let them have that. Okay. So And this is what I observe. So you People think it's happening? You think it's happening? Yes, it does. It okay. does. They they um look at a shopping cart. It's um filled with with very high luxury items, luxury food, luxury, but yeah. it's very expensive. I saw them buy fish for 30 euros. Who buys fish for 30 euros? Right. On the, the market. Most I pay is 28. Ever. It's, yeah, yeah, you're laughing for one person. Most most is thrown no, away anyway. I know, you're right. You're it's, right. It's, oh, I, I saw them. It, it was crazy. I was at a friend's house where we were working on some te te technical things. And we went and we needed to get some cables. And people bought flowers for 90 or 100 euro. You, you, you must, grandma, she, she can't push her card. It was she pushes it in flowers for hundreds of euros, and you can be sure that they don't get much money. They don't have anything saved. They they look like ordinary people. I I don't know what effect this is. So what do you? And then I, I mean we'll move on from this. But so so you're seeing this, which is great because in in face observation or face validity is I. I want people to say I observed what you're doing right now. You're like, I observe this, I observe this. And, and also your member check, you know, network that you're your friend in the military and so forth. So when I, when I did my shows about face validity, I was, I was talking more about maybe scarcity and then also maybe, you know, like going out in front of the hospital, we have a hospital here and they had signs. Um, you know, this is the entrance for, respiratory issues, coronavirus. And yeah. I'm like, there was nobody out there. You know, I took some pictures and, and weighed it and things like that. But um, but I, I never thought of things as you're talking about them right now. And I, I see so much value in this, right? And actually, as I think about this, like I know people too who went out and bought a brand, brand new vehicle right now after just coming back from being unemployed because of the, the pandemic. And um, it, it, you, I, I, my lawnmower, the lawnmower place where I get my, my lawnmower, you know, service and stuff like that. So I was talking to the guy and I'm like, yeah, business must really be tough right now. Right. He's like, business is great. Like yeah. people are buying lawn fertilizer, like through the, the roof and all this equipment. I'm like, wow. Like, you know, with whatever, 20% unemployment and possibly new lockdowns because of increased COVID cases. I'm not sure I'd be spending 50 bucks on lawn fertilizer, but I'm, but it, again, I think and Mictibus wrote about it and some others in the chat. Are we in this point where people, this is, this is a self-similarity also kind of like this Taurus, like they, they try to force a similarity. Like I'm, I, I fertilize my lawn every year. And if I do that, that's kind of something that's more similar. It makes me more comfortable to do that than not to do it. Um, and maybe I, I kind of did that too. Like I, I did some things, that's maybe seem contraindicated. Like I fertilized my lawn, did a lot of stuff. When I'm looking at the big picture, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's not as important as X, Y, Z. But um, there's there's a classical question: What would you buy if there was really a SHTF scenario? Right. What would you buy? What would you buy? In that moment, you can't think clearly. You have to rely on someone who has the knowledge. For example, there was a time on Amazon they they replaced it. It's not any. It's not there anymore. I checked that. There was like lists for so-called bug out bags. They're gone. 
Right. No one really does, does that anymore. There was like um, this big craziness. It was like from 2002 to 2018, I guess, in a security scene where every security personnel, I said, they had a paracord. They said, oh, for any, for any cases. I see no one wearing this. Oh, for also survival knife for any case. It, it's crazy. This has gone away. This um, pseudo preparedness, this, uh, oh, I'm going going to fight in a Mad Max-like scenario, it's not here anymore. People, they're not preparing for the worst. They're preparing for a time when they're unemployed. That's crazy. I think we have never seen this in, in our civilization before. Right. Because we have a threat. We have a real threat. But it's not an atomic threat. It's not an enemy threat. It's a threat you can't see. And if you don't know it, you create something. That's human nature. I guess... Well, you talk about creating something. It, it, and two things. One is, uh, the chat is awesome uh, today. Chat is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much, everybody. Sabrina in the chat wrote about yeah. uh, bicycles being the new campers. You can't buy any without waiting half a year. Uh, Sabrina, I if you could... I know her. I know her, I think. You did, oh, so, I, um, she's usually not in the chat. If you could write where you're from, I, I'd appreciate that. Just to, I mean you know, which country or, or which state. So, but you know, that's, I, I've been biking. Um, you know, I'm a bicyclist. I, I love to do long treks and I called over to the bike place. I needed to replace a helmet and, and, uh, you know, some biking gloves and stuff this year. And, and, uh, they're like, get in here. Cause like everything is gone. We can't keep anything in stock. And thankfully, um, I had to schedule an appointment this was before everything was open and they met me at the door and stuff. But I walked in and I'm like, oh my God, like your stock is just like picked over like bikes and, and I got what I needed. But they said, yeah, everybody uh, it was, you know, going for, uh, for bikes. They were just, just flying out the door. Um, so, I mean, oh my God, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know where the hell I was. I was going with that. It's just I was talking about bikes, but <laughs> it's not, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not just bike. It's every sports equipment. Sports equipment. Um, like um, there was a German reform reformer, Martin Luther. He was uh, reforming a church. Yes. He had a he had a saying that w there was something called Ablasshandel. It was you could trade you could trade money for your sins. So from the church, you pay the money. They it, they gave you a waiver where they said there's no sins. Bikes and any sports equipment is the same. You give the money, you get a sports equipment for your home gym. You don't you don't ever use it. No one uses this. It's, it's just a small percentage. But people are home. They're getting fat. They're getting bloated, right. and they're buying these things. And they they are sold out everywhere. There is a garage sales. So many garage sales going on now with sports equipment the prices are going through the roof it's crazy um a home gym you you spend twice what you would have spent people threw this away they threw away sports equipment now if you buy some weights or something you pay yourself crazy and this is something people want to feel good people like you said in that video with cognitive offloading Right. I guess in our brain, there is something not only cognitive offloading, there must be something similar to emotions. I don't know how it is called, but I think if you have a problem and you pay to have a solution or a soda solution, then it's fine. I guess that um, this is something we're seeing, for example, buying sports equipment. 
people buy it like crazy. Wow. Hey, so let me let me ask. Um, back on September 11th, uh, 2001, okay, the, the attacks, uh, terrorist attacks in the United States. Yeah. Um, you were in Holland, correct? You were in Holland yeah. when, when that happened. So tell me about um, the, we're going to get it into the velocity of information. Well, how yeah. fast information travels. Um, back when that happened, what, what were you hearing? What was, ha what did you hear was happening? Because I know, well, you're, you're hearing things that weren't authentic, right? You're, yeah. you were hearing a whole different narrative. So tell me the narrative that yeah. you heard. And then again, how you actually found out what was going on. And then today, um, I guess what you learned from that of how you okay. would apply that again today, because there were a lot of crazy things going on. So, yeah. so let's go to September 11, 2001. Phil is in Holland, and the terrorist attacks are happening in the U.S. What are you hearing? I mean, it was like um, we were on a school trip. I was a schoolboy then. Um, it, I guess it happened in the morning hours, something like this. And during, um, there was, it was a time of relative peace. So there was, there was no real internet. It was, internet was Wild West. So there was no information sites like this anymore uh, yet. So you only could believe something if someone told you in or if you had a news magazine. If you read it on a magazine and heard it in the radio, it was true. This was the only way you could know. Okay. We were sitting uh, at the table, food, and there was some kind of tension. They said, the, um, the disco for this evening, it's canceled. I said, okay, some technical difficulties. Maybe I could work on that. I even thought about fixing anything because we had some tech-savvy guys there. And they said it's canceled because there was a terrorist attack. This was the first time I heard the word terrorist attack. I never heard. I, I could. Uh, no one heard this. We couldn't cope that. We never knew what what's terrorist, what's that. We know there was, there was some terrorists in Ireland, but um, I checked the news yesterday. They, they never said terrorists. They always said bomb assaults. They always said it's bomb. They never yeah. said... Prior to 9-11, they never said in a, a reports terrorist. They never said that. And um, we were told that there were terrorists running around with guns in Times Square and shooting people. It was, um, I said, how? I, I, I was a child then. I was, I guess, 12, 13 years. I couldn't cope with the situation. The girls, they were crying. They were painting pictures. They had actually had... They painted a picture, said in memory of the 100,000 people who died. Holy smokes. Uh, because they, the teachers didn't know how to convey it. They um, had not the power to tell us what was going on. There was so much craziness that everyone ran off to the phone, called the parents because they, they were in fear. And I saw my teacher crying. She didn't know. She... So again, they're only getting this from the, the media. Um, I don't know. There was no media for them. It was um, they got some information on the telephone. One said this. One said this. So um, you, if you, you must imagine if you're on an island or somewhere in a vacation spot, right. you were basically cut off. At that time, you were cut off. There was no no mobile phone reception out there, and the. Um, there was no daily news. It was only local daily news. So there was no television set. Where we were, there was no television set. So we were, was um, like in this um, 
there's a book, Lord of the Flies, I guess it's the English name for that too, yeah. Yeah. where those people, they are into a nuclear war. These children are sent off to an island. They're in a nuclear war, but they don't know it's a war going on. And they have a war on their own. They make their own story. Very interesting. Wow. So I was I was sitting there and my friends, we were discussing, oh, wow, there's a war going on. How can we get home? Uh, actually war. And it didn't help that the next day there were patrols, flying um, air patrols. You're talking about that. Yeah, so you started yeah. to see in 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 Germany, yeah, uh, right. In, in not these, not these, only Germany, in, in, um, in the Netherlands too. Netherlands, right? These these military and, uh, flying overhead, and yeah, it was and, it was something very unusual for the times, right? Yeah. Wow. So, um, let's talk about let's talk about how did that how did that experience prepare you for right now. You know, with what's happening with yeah. the, the, the coronavirus, with with civil unrest, because we know this is not only U.S. but but worldwide. What things did you learn about um, from from watching this this velocity of information again? Where where it's September 11th, I, people are telling yeah. you 100,000 people are fighting and things like that. In because um, because there's some I'm, here's the reason I'm getting at this. So it's called the transference dynamic. I wrote about yeah. it in School of Airs. Transference dynamic means when you're younger. Like when you're school age, what you experience in times of of like crisis events, things like that, and just through the media, that will manifest later during a crisis event. Um, and and here's how it worked: like on September 11, 2001, um, people were 41 years old. The average person um, rescued off of Lower Manhattan Island in New York, 500,000 people in nine hours, and it was a very successful impromptu rescue. But what they did is they, and I worked with the city, New York, New York City planning department on this. We, we look back at the people who were rescued and people grew up in the 80s. What was happening in the 80s? And, and one of the things that's kind of weird is movies like Rocky Four, Rocky Four, Sylvester Stallone, you know, fighting the Russian Drago. And Rocky, Rocky's the protagonist, Drago's the antagonist. But it was this whole thing of like stoking the fears of the U.S. versus the Soviet Union. So when people are growing up, I'm growing up, I'm watching this. You're thinking, if we get attacked, the government's going to come in and help us, right? They're like, there's this evil empire, the Soviet Union. So when people are going, the U.S. is attacked, they're working in lower Manhattan, they're going to the harbor, and they're thinking, the government's going to send this force and rescue me, which was just a, actually a bunch of kind of ragtag boats that did a phenomenal job, you know, these, these captains. Um, but but yeah, tell me tell me about how you think that experience it impacted or shaped how you are responding right now. I, I see that um, not every information um, is true. That you need to have a, you need to know how military and how warfare works. Because I remember that there was a whole um, there was a war on terror. There was a whole media build up to this. It's like. Remember that television events in the 90s and the 2000s. There was a whole build-up the whole week. This is going to happen. This is coming. This is a big fight. And before, after, before the Afghanistan war, there was something like this. There was like, he said he's going to attack. Okay. And in Germany, there were debates if um, German soldiers should join or should not join. Um, there was a really media build-up. But the media made a mistake, they exaggerated. So we have um, some media companies in Germany which are 
lesser um, credible. I say that, and I I actually remember that they had they had a nuclear bomb as a um, title. Is there going to be war in country X Y Z? And um, this is something as a child. It's like if someone cries wolf wolf, if they cry it all the time, right? You um you don't take it seriously anymore. That's um we were um I remember in school we were like um we had teachers who were second generation after World War II. We had um their parents were injured, they were killed, they had siblings lost sometimes. We were like um everything um with guns you have to fear. For example, we talked about video games, we had like Mortal Kombat, like the the bloody game. Yep. Every violence is bad, they said. So we had some we had some teachers who would um if we built little guns from Lego, they would smash that and go go to the corner, shame yourself. This would actually happen in um preschool or in school. So um there was that going on. And I always thought, what's what's going on here? And then um so you had a high level of censorship that is is I think happening right now in the U.S. Like, and I not only think I know it's happening right now in in the U.S. But but you experienced this as a kid, like growing up. Um, well, um, it was it was nothing from the government. The government, uh, they are they are really okay. So um, I couldn't say that they would censor Mortal Kombat. It was our parents because. For example, in television, I saw saw an old uh, news article. They said it's a it's a murder simulator, a murder ring simulator. For example, um, there's a game. It's a joke in Germany this time. Um, uh, North Rhine-Westphalia for Red Crusader. There was like um, Command Conquer was um, they had carpet bombing, so um, it was an attack you could use. So they censored that out and made the, the little soldiers, they made them robots. Oh, okay. That's an inf infamous um, German censoring. They they censored any game. So tell me. They, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, taking out the, the video games. And hey, you're telling me a story too. So what was it? You were, you were flying a, f a flag, like a, a, a a flag from your uh, like a countryside flag from with local uh, from a local town from a local town a flag of a local town you were fly uh, flying a flag of a local town and and then um somehow people reported this law uh, the police no. came tell tell me that story because no, no, it's fascinating no, no. okay it was um at some um some institution where there was a summer um there was some years like two or three years ago there was a summer fest going on so um, I was working with the people there and we're having a really good time. There were poli police going there and um, other authorities having a very good time. They said, oh, the flag needs to be replaced on this building. So we're having a good time. There was some beer was flowing. Nice. So we got a new flag from the flag department to raise the flag. It's not the German flag, not North Rhine-Westphalia. It was the city's flag. Yeah. There was a problem with that flag. There was like um, an oak on it. So you're flying this flag. It's got like yeah, like an oak on so it. So we had we, we had we had the official we had the official task to put it on. Some people from the authority came. You can't do that because it's a symbol of hate. 
I said, why is it a symbol of hate? Uh, because there's an oak on it. Some people might think that this is um, it's a nationality issue. I said, it was not only me. There, some I said, some authority figure came, no, no, this is official. You have that on your on your um, little badge. She said, oh, it can't be. <laughs> this. So, in the end, it said they were acting on their own. They, okay. It was totally legit that we did that. The flag is flying. It is now flying. It's it's a five hundred year old flag. So, it's so to, to put this in it's perspective, right? So yeah. you're flying this 500, 500 year old flag. Um, yeah, is, is law enforcement is saying you can't fly it because of it, you know. Um, it was two it, two persons of law enforcement. Other came. They laughed at them. Okay. And that's, it, I, it, I think. It, it, you're pointing out. Look at look at your your patch. Look at yeah. your badge or whatever. It has the same exact symbol yeah. on it. And then they're like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and and you know what I've been um, stunned about in learning from you is the level of uh, censorship and um, I, I guess the I don't know if it's political correctness. I don't want to steer the show too much into that, yeah. but but this very hyper vigilance on measuring every word that's said, measuring the types of books that are available, measuring um, what you can say. I, I think you were sharing with me, like when you, when you present at the at university, um, it's, it, you really can't talk about world war two because it, it it's not could, the government. It's not could, the government doing this. It's the people who do this. Um, I think they, they lie. They lie and say the government said this. So um, I had, um, like, I have many friends in the police force, many friends in firefighting. They say, no, that's bullshit. You can say anything you want. But some people just say, oh, no, you shouldn't say that. And, and these are people, they have their own agenda, but they lie and say, no, it's the state. So they, um, they, they use the state as a scapegoat for their crazy ideas. Ah. Uh. So, so that's interesting to point out because it, it, it not necessarily not a state agenda, but people no. can say that oh, I'm doing this on behalf of of the state, and then they they can it's it's a criminal offense enforce it. It's a criminal offense in Germany to do exactly that. We saw this with the crisis situation. We had we had people um, in Germany. You you have to take certain licenses to become security guard. So there there is a whole law if you want to guard something. If you want to guard something, you have to take certain tests. You can do them. You have to have requirements. You can do them to guard something. But in this crisis, we saw that people who did not take the test, who had no... You have to you have to wear a badge. It's the law. You, there must be at least a company name to identify you. Okay. They didn't do that. They said, no, uh, we are from the state. We can do whatever we want. That, that, that's a criminal offense. And the problem with this, it always comes from people with very low quality uh, safety standards. Sure. So sure. Um, this stirred up a little bit of, our, um, of the security um, branch of the, the companies. They were very upset of that because well-trained people were now in the same um, spotlight as these um, hired goons, you can call them. No, they right. gave them what I observed, and um, this, the media did that too. They gave them not security um, 
security uniforms, as it should be. They gave them from the car the reflective vest. It was just just some random person, black clothes, ran and a vest. It's the worst kind of security you can get. They, wow. they they were there, and they said, "No, we're from the state." And is that happening right now? Are, are you getting people? Not, who... not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. So, um, um, they have tuned it down. It's it's slowly going back to normal normal uh, conditions. What I um I actually encountered one of those people, and um, I actually asked, "Why don't you have an ID badge?" Because um, the owner of the shop where this person is standing in front of is a friend of mine. So I said, why doesn't he have a patch? It's it's your um, responsibility that he has a patch. Please right. get this man a patch. Right. So oh, he doesn't have one. And he said, I'm here from city so-and-so. I said, oh, no problem. I call. This is actually a friend of mine. I called him. He said, is, is he from you? No, he's not. So, very interesting. So they are outright lying. So then what, what happens if the police are called or, or law enforcement, whatever government, and you say this uh, person's out there and they're pretending they're yes. you know, security enforcing, do they come out and check that person? Or is it like, nah. Just... If, if there's resources, actually they do because um, it's a bad light on them. So you must think police in Germany, they are usually very well trained and usually very good people. So because it's a free year, it's like university training. They have to know a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. But um, oftentimes they are um, portrayed in a bad light. And this it's a circle of hate. You, you can't say it otherwise. So their work is very... Um, like if you have a paramedic and someone screws off the wheels of a paramedic car, who, who does that? This is right. something. It, it happens. Oh my god! Well, I saw this. One, one thing I want to um, I want to hit on is uh, bring up a, a picture here shared by uh, Bacon Maldito in the uh, in the chat. So Bacon is a regular of the Safety Doc podcast. And Bacon Juan Red Mictibus, um Sass, thanks so much uh, for being a part of this afternoon chat. So th this is an image you shared with me a little while ago, but it's an image of feeling important, so good. Meet Melania. It's a healthcare ad, but um, just nothing. Uh, you know, this is obviously looking at this person. It's like, uh, you know, they would benefit from some fitness, right? It, just fitness in general. Um, so it, it's just these these kind of mixed messages that get sent. But that's uh, Bacon. You know, just shared that that with the show, yeah. um, and I wanted to. Um, I, I I wanted to have you talk about so you know civil un, unrest is is happening in across the world. You said it's happening in Germany. It's been happening close to me in our state capital here in Madison. But you you had a different take on this than I did. Um, you were talking about the movies, the Star Wars, for example, and how there people actually you know in the theater you're 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 subtly kind of cheering for the dark side maybe you know that you want to see some interaction between the dark side uh, yeah. or, or or maybe these are the protesters protesters turned riders antagonists things like that and i was i was kind of thinking back to that last night i'm like you know whenever there's a fire right if there's a there's a fire in my town here like 5 years ago downtown a big building huge audience a crowd shows up to to see this right and and why are they there well, I think they're there because 
you know, this is chaos, right? This takes them out of norm normalcy to see this big building on fire. What's going to happen? It's exciting. It's adrenaline to see this. And then um, another part is you get to see this really unusual equipment brought out to to fight this that you otherwise wouldn't get to see. And you and you kind of get to see this good versus bad, or or maybe a yin versus yang. Let's put it that way. So the firefighters are trying to 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 wrangle this thing in. Will they be successful? Will they not be successful? And and there's there's a parallel to what's happening. But tell me about your perspective of maybe people who are in participating in what's happening right now for civil unrest. And, and I think protesting, protesting is one thing. Protesting that becomes uh, violence and looting is something else. But some, some people want this, right? They, they, they want this internally. And, these are, and it's probably, there's a part of that in, in most of us um, of, of also wanting to observe this, wanting to see this antagonist side. But give me your perspective. I thought it was fascinating when you told me about it. There's like the old struggle of man versus nature because or people versus nature it's in women too mankind where you you're fascinated by things like the sea by chaos things you cannot control and a fire there's nothing more chaotic chaotic and creative than a fire itself this is um tapping into our most most primitive psyche a fire so this is one thing our environment our lives are so clean that a fire is something there is no fire nothing like this happens so for example if you read um, the book Fahrenheit 451 I guess it is they say something like houses never burned they were always fireproof they they have that narrative changed. Right. There's only there's only fire for cleaning, and this is something. I can say that evil or evil actions or even catastrophes they they tap into some kind of the human psyche that reminds them of the of the old chaos they had. Like why were there so many raids or wars in Europe uh, across centuries? The people, they go barbaric, and they, they haven't done that in a very, very long time. I read, um, actually, I read the letters, and I was in the archives when they, um, for some research, I read the letters, what the everyday soldier was saying. They were very, in 1914, yeah. 1914, they were very civilized people. In the, in the beginning, they were very civilized. They... Um, there was a cat and dog. They they uh, petted them. There was there was a cow. A cow is not harmed because it gives milk to the farmers. Uh, we don't go through the crops because it belongs to the people. It was very crazy. But as soon as the war got going, there was blood and there were. They said there were fields. They were red, and someone said, "Oh, that's mud." No, that's blood. They said when he was driving in the train, and he said. There were people going out with pistols because uh, um, the rifles they could there was no rapid fire rifles like we have today. Right. They went out with pistols. They shot in the dark and said, "I was born for this." Wow. On every side, and um, this was the first year of the war when people really got barbaric. So it they, it never changed. There was some fatigue later. We know the myths of the Christmas when they bonded, but. Um, 
there were very, very big concerns of um, officers. They said that people go crazy. What can we do? And they they threw away their weapons, so their um, the rifles, because they wanted to force them, they fired whole magazines into the dark. So it's very crazy shit. So very, very crazy. And they had to put them down. So they had to put the shoot at their own people. And they were screaming, I was born for this. I'm God's rage. And something like crazy shit like this. Holy smokes. Yeah. That is. And this. So do you think, uh, what what are we seeing of that today? Of, of that, I guess, type of mentality? Or how is, what's it manifesting? What does it look like today? Because it, it, it's not like it's. We it's have a sanitized version of that. We have a sanitized version of that. Yeah. I guess that um, many protesters have. Um, they have so much aggression in them. There is a concept of, um, I don't know the English word for that, but if you if you are have one stimulus with aggression, you put it onto something else. So, example, if you if you have if you're at home with your wife and you have trouble or a bill comes in, you go to work and you shout at the customer. Yeah, I'm so not sure there is. There's, there's, but yeah, it's kind of like a transference. Yeah, whatever. Yes, it's a transgression. I didn't know the word for that. You're finding a way a, to to manifest yeah. it to release to release it, right? And, and there's and, this whole thing too, this contagion, uh, this contagion theory, which basically means you get a lot of people together, or maybe not even a lot. You get ten people together. They're kind of like minded, and the the barrier goes down of of what they're civilly held to right it then it becomes easier to get into well i'm going to break this window or i'm going to yell at this person i'm going to say something i normally wouldn't say and the bigger crowd you get the more people well i mean i I read about that um with um the the uh hitler youth because in wisconsin um a number of of captured um young nazi uh, soldiers like you know 17 through 20 were brought to wisconsin to work in canning factories, picking cherries, things like that up in Door County where I, I, I vacationed not too long ago. And, and these stories, they would talk to them, they'd interview them, and they said there was just so much with with once we became a part of, you know, a, a, a troop, you know, like, and we had the uniform and we would, and they would say, we did things we would never do otherwise. Like they were just kind of farm kids. Like they took them back and they put them yeah. on farms in Wisconsin. And um, so you're, you're talking about, yeah, this is more sanitized and tell me, so, so I think your perspective also is this, this is, is, this is more isolated with groups than it is like a whole wide movement of, of a nation or a world. I think, um, you must, you must remember that media needs pictures. You must remember that media needs pictures. You yeah. can go into a riot. I, I was in several situations where uh, in a security scenario where there was riot-like conditions. It is um, a contained area, usually, but you can film it at a certain um, angle that it seems that there are way more persons. You always need some people inciting violence. People, they don't have the strength. They just get tagged along, usually. Well, look, I say that to the people I teach. Look at, um, a little funny, but you will never forget this example. Look at Lucky Luke. Look at the Daltons. None of them, if there was no Joe, none of them would be evil. Wow. Well, tell us about... 
Tell us more like the what what you're what you teach, what you're telling your students about um about this because um it, so you know, I, I'm kind of piecing this together. I'm thinking this whole thing too of government providing money and, and people getting um crowded in, you know, purchasing things like that. That's probably a good thing because then they're staying I guess home. There are like 10, the, 10, 20 theories. But right. you, you can paint a picture of that. And this the interesting thing is many of these things interlock. So if you know human behavior, you you can um I know some say it's it's a BS science. I say it's a science of observation. It's um, you can observe that you can uh, calculate some things. I think that many theories are here in place, and we have to um, let me say we have to pick something practical from this. Okay. So that's uh, yeah. Wow. So um, what has what has prepared you? Um, just in, in life, whether it's being a, 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 this aggregate, if you can pick out something as when I was a paramedic, yeah. when I was whatever, what prepared you for this complete wild storm that is the year 2020? If, if you, if, if again, I was sitting down and just, just asking you to say, you, you look back at your life and you're like, these are like three things that really prepared me to handle this coronavirus lockdown to civil unrest like and i'm glad i went through these three things or i sought out these three things or that i was observant what, what are some things that prepared you to navigate this really well because you are navigating you're very intellectual you process this through um tell me about that i guess it was like let, let me think one minute about that let okay i think I guess that I was very happy that my teachers or that many people are very paranoid. I'm very happy for that because you could laugh at that a little bit, but keep just in mind that something might happen. Like my grandparents, um, as it was the uh, the German the war generation, the refugee war generation, they said like things like, don't um, don't militarize, but prepare for poverty or prepare for bad times. Like um, have certain stock of things, um, keep your head clear, um, keep out of um, criminal activities, out of trouble, something like this. This was um, something which prepared me very well, I think, and okay, not giving into fear, but facing this fear and maybe going into into a mode where I can observe this. For example, we had a lot of archives in um, where I lived. I, I was never interested in in the university stuff and the newer things. I was not interested. I was interested in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. I was into this um, in this 50s culture from the US and you see that they made these references to unorganized things the 1920s depression right this was something never wasting money seeing that things how they are well, anything anything from your uh, your training like as as a paramedic of of how to assess yeah. things for face validity um yeah. that you could read things really really fast any anything from there that yeah because um there's something like um MO, mod, modus operandi. 
if yeah. you um, know the modus operandi of um, certain groups, people, or how are people going to attack? For example, I teach the people how how would you catch a thief in a shop? When was the best time to engage a thief? What what would you think? When is the best time to engage him? Um, it's probably not when they're about to leave because they're close by the door. Yeah. When they're I, what, what, I, when they're I don't know when they're using the bathroom. Five, no, no. five minutes after they left the shop, it's very easy because at that moment when they steal, they are high in adrenaline. And the chance that if he fights back, he will have an advantage over you because adrenaline is always usually a better edge than a slightly trained uh, personnel. We have no we have no special forces. We are, we are ordinary people. Right. Slightly better. If his adrenaline is high, some minute later, it will whoop. It will go that's down. A, that's amazing. And you will have an... So you let him go. Because he he will be so happy that he stole a little thing. He he can never steal something big. They they never do that. It's not how they work. Let him get a bottle of perfume. He will be so happy that he's going out and get an ice cream just to reward himself. And that is the moment you let him eat it. Let him eat it, and then you take him. You never take them in the act. Only amateurs take them in the act. You never do that. Let him have a satisfaction. Let him have the um. The excitement of going out, the fear, his heart will pounding. It will even right. with the most evil. He will have that, but then he will fall down. And then you got him. It's just like um, we always have the training in eyewitnesses. Why do you always ask people several times? Because if the person has a confession made under pressure, you can be sure 20 23, 28% if it's under pressure because he just wants nothing more than get out of a pressure situation. You wait two or three weeks, you ask him again because his brain functions normally then. And then he will say the truth. It's only it's brain chemistry. No yeah. one applies that. And it's it's all, I have the police books here. It's all in basic training. No one does that. I don't know why. And it, 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 as we look, I mean, like, it probably, you know, is, is a reason... Uh, some of the protesters uh, that that turn, you know, violent and in, in some of the the looting and things yeah. isn't interrupted in the moment. But now I'm starting to see, like, you know, here are indictments coming out, or people are taken into custody. Um, you know, five oh. days later, something like that. And as, yeah. as you've indicated, there there probably is the science behind this of saying at that point, yeah, you know, they're let they're it, away from the people. Fire. They've they've I mean, their adrenaline has come down. Yeah. Um, and to yeah yeah to try to do that to, to apprehend somebody in the moment when there are you know ten thousand people out there or a crowd of a thousand whatever then it's contagion then it's just more and more and more. Um, but that that I mean any anything else like that you can share because I had no idea with with that. Yeah. Uh, I used to work um, in retail and and you know we were never we were never told anything of 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 even that psychology of you know once once this person gets to this level or. Here's where the okay. adrenaline is. So um, it's like they, people did not have really time to prepare for a riot situation. What What's the best way to split up a riot? You have them in groups of three to five. So you can do that. But you have to maneuver them. You have to get the initial, they have an initial energy. You have to get that out of people, usually. 
And if you let them riot in the inner city where everything is insured, this makes more sense than to have any murder cases on the rural side. Well, if you want to see what could happen if a mob goes to a rural area, look at the movie Clockwork Orange. I There is a scene where the, um, the goons, they, they are the rioters, to say. There are streets, uh, people roaming the streets. If they get to an out uh, area where no police, nothing is, they will kill. They will kill, they will rape, they will pillage. But if I have them in this contained area where there are some um, there's destruction of things, but not of life. That's a very intelligent right. way. Business buildings, stuff. things like that, where they, they are hugely evacuated. So um, I was, I was, it's not, it's not my thesis. It was told that this is a legit yeah. tactical because um, you have to think you have things you can replace. Injured people is, is a big problem, but killed people you can never replace. You can't do that. And, so, and in the, um, the, in the, I'm going to just uh, put this in for context, but in the U.S., um, you know, a, a high number of people in a rural area are armed. I mean, because of the Second Amendment. So if you are coming into a, a rural area with uh, uh, protesters, and this happened a little bit kind of yesterday, things can escalate very quickly yeah. um, because, uh, again, now it's people's uh, property. And these are people who can be very, um, things can escalate. I mean, somebody runs up on a lawn and they're approaching somebody. Um, so yeah, the, the fact of saying, you know, we're going to keep things to a city. Yeah, this is a building and we can replace it. Um, so yeah, I, I see the, I see the say, how about, how about though, like, do you think people see that? But so this is never explained to people, right? So people are looking in the US right now and some people in, in the chat have, have written about it. Seattle. Seattle has a six block area that was taken over by a group yeah. which is calling this autonomous area. But the thing is, like that area has been taken over for like three weeks now, and it's not relenting. Like they're the city hasn't taken it back. So how do you deal with that too? Where at some point people are looking at this and saying, uh, this could happen anywhere. I, I mean, kind of like people could just take over areas of cities. Um I think there's there's a time limit on this. Like you, it can happen, yeah. but after like two weeks, if you don't stomp it out, yeah. um, then just everybody looking at this is like, wow. Yeah, we had we had a situations like that. Um, I'm not talking about like a warlike situation, but I um, have seen um i've studied the 1970s and 1980s um protest movement in germany the anti nuclear movements like the environmental movements right they built autonomous cities from wood and from scraps they built them and for some reason they left them they left them for for quite a time but then they came and they came and then they came, and it was um, the reactions. They filmed that, and this peaceful protesters were very aggressive. They were vile and evil. They showed their faces, so to speak, and that's quite a very diplomatic way to show that it's not all it's not all as nice as it seems to be. So. If you give it time, they will show their faces, usually. Right. 
it's, it's um, I guess it's kind it's of yeah. What's, what's happening in uh, in Seattle? I mean, after a few few days or I don't know, a week or whatever, then there were some shootings and somebody was killed within, yeah. or at least one or more people, and and it it, it starts to deteriorate. Um, so, uh, wow. So, any, anything else is as far as advice um, for people of things that like. I mean, just think of this like an elevator speech for some people in uh, that might be interested in you know learning from you from security. Now we're not trying to pitch like a masterclass here, but but if no, you're like, no, no. if you're I, like, I would never give something like this. No, what what I can really say that what should people know? We should know that the government. It's not it's not a pro pro government statement, but we should know that there are way more processes that we do not understand maybe that are going on way more things like think of weapon training it's um i'm not i'm not saying that everyone should own guns i say that the gun laws in germany are very good that they are this restrictive because uh, you would never know what what would actually happen here it's like if the police shoot someone there's okay. always the question why didn't he shoot in the leg why didn't he why didn't he? Why didn't he? I could never answer this question until I had this training myself, until I knew this reason, why it couldn't happen. So, why don't you shoot the leg? Because sometimes you can't. Or like in firefighter training, why don't you put X amount of water in it? Because you can't. You have to find the core. And sometimes it's better to have it controlled burning and to save someone else. So right. I can only say that there's so much knowledge. I, I could never um, do what I guess police military or someone else at the scene can say. I can say that, but what, what we should do for us as persons that we should use way more thinking and way less violence in security measures for our home, for example. So, Everyone wants to have a gun. Who who has a fire extinguisher? I'm the only I'm the only crazy guy who has two two of these. Right. I I have one right around the corner and one. Yeah, up, it's up a garden corner. So, but if, if if I have a nice cigar here, I'm sitting here. Oh, it dropped. Where is it? So, I, I could never get about that situation. Or some right people want to have the mar the marshal the mud. The violent answer instead of the smart answer. That's, uh, I guess, a good thing you can say. Um, any anything anything else? I mean, just just day. So, and then I'm going to kind of get into a summary because I, I think we've had yeah. we've had some really good. Uh, I know we've had some really uh, terrific um, discussion, but um, yeah, tell me, uh, tell me, you know, what else? Just from. Uh, personal security people are anxious right now they don't know what's happening yeah. they might be facing another lockdown this whole thing i mean we haven't touched on it really that that well but um, that's my fault uh, infinite I, or, or finite voltage of saying in a hundred days civilians we know after a hundred days they kind of yeah. collapse they can only take things you have to change direction you talked about with me home front tasks during world war ii yeah. having people like collect bottle caps even though like really what could it do? It made them, it gave them something to do and some agency and purpose. And then, okay, our bottle camp campaign is over. Now you're going to collect, you know, nylon or metal or something. And every, and the purpose of that was people feel they're in a different stage. 
of things. Yeah. So is there anything now like you see where people are changing stages or can you artificially do this? Like if you're a parent with your kids with your family and say, now we're in a stage where we're going to plant our own food or we're going to learn like a yeah. language or, or you can put this on the, yourself as a way to override the psychological finite voltage burnout. The government did that. They, they actually, um, they had very smart ideas. The problem is with that, they have never really been tested because the technology wasn't there. The government said, okay, you, you can learn. You're at home. Like you had this Harvard. Um, I don't know if it's legit. I don't know. Uh, you could have all the courses for free. I imagine it. This, this vast, any kid wants to go to Harvard. But they, they don't want to take the course. Oh, it's free. You can do it on a Nintendo console. No, Nintendo has no browser. On any console which has a browser, you can do this. You can do this on the cheapest of devices, but no one does it. No one does it. They have If they give a good solution, an immediate solution, no one does it. Why should they? Every um, I don't know if it's, some university had free courses. I, I ask my friends, I, I ask them, do this as long as it is free. I don't have time. You yeah. don't have work. No, I don't have time. This is crazy. And I guess that even not to um, be too pro-government, uh, but I say that there are thinking people there. Not, not everyone is a thinker. Maybe they think some crazy things, but some are genuinely good people who have genuinely good ideas. But as long as we don't change um, into the good narrative, nothing will right. be eventually good. Libraries are giving out books. No one goes there. I can't understand that. So, yeah. So, so you know, I think a takeaway for that is, I mean, yeah, you can get on, you can get some certifications, free university lectures, if you want to do those types of things. Um, and soul enrichment, hey, you can, you can create a garden, you can learn skills, you can work on your yeah. vehicle, you can do all these things. There. And the, the barrier is just people um, have to want, I guess, yeah. to do that. These these aren't necessarily hard things, but um, but so as as so everybody in the chat, we have a phenomenal chat. These are really smart people. I, what I love about the Safety Doc podcast is, you know, Mikadibus, Red, Juan, Bacon, SAS, Red. These are these are really smart people. They they interact with stuff at a high uh, a high level. So people around them are always looking to them of saying, "What are what are you doing? What are you hearing?" So so they can take this information out and say, "Hey, you know this this finite voltage. You know this thing if." You know, every every two months change change things up. Yeah, so that now we're because you talked about it in, in in the past these campaigns of you know every we're going to do a bottle cap campaign, but you know it can be what let's learn something new on the web or let's take in something new on a podcast yeah. or we'll do this on a, a garden or let's do this kind of home remodel thing. But if you like, if you actually identify it as here's like a something we're doing almost a, of a campaign, we're going to do the re, the organizing the garage campaign. It, it psychologically that sets that resets people. It gives them more days on this finite voltage because Mictibus wrote in the chat, and I think he's right on. Is I believe in October, November, we're going to have a whole nother round of lockdowns and people coming in, and so they're going to have this, you know, this additional closed-in thing. Now, in, in addition to that, we're also going to have cold weather and not as much sunlight. So it is this thing of how do you preserve yourself and maybe your family, your loved ones, your parents, relatives. 
And, and if you can explain this to them and say, hey, this finite voltage, if you can change things up every 60 days, um, you're going to you're going to be so much better off. You're not going to languish, right? Languish in despair of saying, oh my God, this is day 148 of coronavirus. It's going to be, no, this is day 18 of, you know, planting a garden or, or learning how to do coding or whatever course it is. Or, And I, there's so much psychological power in that. Um, and, and you've talked about so many things which empower people, give it psychological strength, but... Um, I, I wanted to make sure we, we, we there's so much great stuff. We, we got to that. Anything else like on finite voltage that you can recommend to, to people so that they, yeah. they can move I forward? think that not, not every measure should be seen as a conspiracy. I think that many measures are from good-hearted people trying to please too many people. That's what I think they have. They, they have a pleasing mentality. I think that... Um, let me let me think, please, for a moment. I'm, I'm gonna, and while you do that, uh, Juan, it's okay. Juan wrote in the in the uh, thread. Uh, he's he was writing. He said, "True, before the shutdown, I would go to the library every day with my kids. Always empty, and people always saying we need more funding for the education." And it and one, I mean, that's such a terrific post because. Right. I mean, we also have a library in our town, which is a beautiful library. And I would go there, my, you know, my kids and, but I would go there sometimes just to, to read some of the newspapers or whatever at different times. I'd be like, there's, there's nobody here. There's a handful of people in different times. And, and it's like, you know, just the fact that why aren't people here taking advantage of the, the free resources or even studying, you know, some stuff on the, the internet or some literature. And it's like, you would think that would be packed you think people would just be thirsting for for this and and now they actually do like incentives here at our local library you know kids that come in and read this will give you like a chance to win like an ipad and they're upping like these things just to get people in the door that is so ridiculous because um it, it, you know 50 years ago or my grandparents and stuff like that they would have just bet they'd be like oh my god what is all this knowledge like just get, it's like a movie Matilda or whatever. Just give me more books and more books and more books, and um, it's just crazy. So so yeah, back back to what you were saying. We must um, build a system of decency. I think we must have the decency again to let people be themselves. What we don't do, we point fingers, and if we, um, it's just coming back to the censoring uh, of Mortal Kombat. This game was, when I was in kindergarten, it was the holy grail because it was violent. It's not a good game. On, on Super Nintendo, it was a very bad game, actually. But it was the holy grail because it was forbidden. And I guess something about violence is somewhere lurking in there. Because when I looked about the story of violence, boxing, wrestling, and some other sports, or even bodybuilding, it has been so cleaned, so cleaned up, that there is no trace of violence left. And that's why people snap. It's a catharsis. So, um, like in the Greek philosophy, they don't have that anymore. Even our movies, look at our movies. Look at the first Robocop. They, the, the guys get blown to pieces. Now they don't. People lack that. They lack catharsis. And right. that's when it eventually it's, takes a toll on people. That's what I can say about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, just as as you were indicating at one at one point, um, you know, during the show, uh, you know, people perceiving, hey, there's a there's a video game, and yeah. you know, somebody gets gets shot in this video game. We have to yank the video game yeah. um, because we we can't have that anymore. Um, so, well, Phil, I want to I want to recap um, some of some of the things we talked about. There'll be a full blog post that'll that'll come out with this. Um, you you gave us uh, terrific uh, examples of face validity in Germany. What you're actually observing right now, what you observed uh, during the coronavirus um, lockdowns, uh, the civil unrest, and the people you're contacting, and then also you know some some advice like, hey, you know, watch what's happening in third world countries because third world uh, countries, um, you know, are, are well. I don't want to. I don't want to interpret that. Tell me. Tell me the value of of watching what was happening in third world countries. The people are living under most hard conditions, and they they are very smart. We tend to be so arrogant, but people living in um, these conditions, they have concepts we would never think of. It doesn't matter uh, what, where they really come from. Look at the backgrounds. They have solutions for security solutions I would never think of. Okay. They demand drones. I never heard a German company demanding drones. I never heard that. Yeah. So um, someone... I know there's a lot of poverty, but there is there are riches we cannot imagine. You cannot well, imagine. What would be, I guess, what's the canary in the coal mine? What would you look for that's happening in a third world country to, either, you know, to tell you, ooh, like this is, this is really out of control or else like it's still pretty stable? Is there anything? There's, um... I guess, what would you see in a third world country that would really concern you right now? Uh, like, um, in the 1990s or 1980s, the massacres. Okay. There is um, there's way too much radio silence about that. This could not be contained. It couldn't be contained. It's okay. not possible. Because there's no there's no government agenda to have anything of this contained. There is no one who does that. They are not powerful enough. I guess this would be a good canary in the coal mine. Okay, you know, and it's 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 also fascinating. Um, I've been I've been studying um, Japanese culture, and after the Fukushima 2011, the the um, hurricane, then the earthquake, and and the Fukushima nuclear disaster, and and the, the strong effort by the Japanese government to you know tell everybody, hey, this is going to be okay, and and also people who are living. Uh, expats and things who were living in Japan at the time of like, you know, when you, when you talk to people back in your country, tell them everything is, is under control when really it, it wasn't right. And in China, um, you know, there's some rumors right now that um, what is it? The Yangtze, the, the biggest dam is, is fatiguing and could give way, which would, you know, they've massive rains, but the controlled narratives. Um, but I, but yeah, I, I think unless as you indicated, if you know people authentically in these areas who can give you face validity of what they're observing, that's, that's the best way to go because anything else you're getting is scrubbed through media 
and and a narrative. Um, Remember the movie uh, Deep Impact? Yeah, about the asteroid, right? Asteroid. How many how many asteroid warnings were there? It was hundreds. I never saw an asteroid in the sky. So it's a rumor. Because fear sells very good. Like the disaster movies are gone, so now we don't have disaster movies, we have disaster news. It's the same narrative, but it's cheaper to produce. It's, it sells yeah. very good. It is. So that, that's what I say. Yeah. And I, Why I buy see, a DVD? I see that, uh, you know, on the news at night, right? They'll, it's breaking, just whatever. And it really isn't anything significant um, over the, the next day. It, and I'll go through the news and I'll, I'll bring up a few websites um, and then I'll look. Yeah, and you'll realize like, you know, five, six articles down, it's about some sports athlete who might not play because they want to renegotiate their contract. And I'm like, well, if the world is really as dire as what the news is portraying, the fifth article wouldn't be about some multimillionaire athlete who's disgruntled with his contract. And, and then you can get this face validity of saying, yeah, this is this is all clickbait. It's shock to bring you in, um, you know, to the narrative. And uh, but yeah, and so you know, so you're talking about this other concept that I want people to be aware of. It's crowded in, um, and the the concept. I know if people if people search for it, it comes in more of a, a financial term type of thing. But crowded in, meaning that during times of of stress, times of duress, things like that, uh, people will let's say they they have a fixed amount of money and you think, you know, maybe you'd go out and, and load up on food, like scarcity, food, toilet paper, things like this. They might do that, but they're also going to take some of that money and they're going to buy some niceties, some trinkets, um, some comfort items, you know, something to look at at their desk, maybe a game, something like that. And it, it kind of doesn't make sense at first. You're like, why wouldn't you spend all your money on food? And and this this whole concept of crowded in, hey, I'm going to be at my house. This is a pandemic. I want to be surrounded by things that make me feel good, that there's this process called crowding in. And it's interesting too, because if we look at the sales, right? If, if we look at sales at stores like Walmart and other places, um, but things like food, well, th food was flying off the shelf, right? But then also paint, interior paint. Why would paint be selling? Because people are told you're going to be in your house for, we don't know how long, the safer at home, all of these type of things. And people are like, well, I can paint. I can paint my house. Then what am I going to do? You know, I can paint these rooms. So they're buying like paint. So the key is to look at these crowded in indicators, which you and I will talk about more. And, and I'll try to figure out because this is new to me. Like until we talked, I didn't know this. Um, and, and again, people are listening to this. Like look for the little crowded in indicators of saying, oh my goodness, like I, I went here and all the envelopes are gone off of the shelf. I noticed this at the next door. Things like this, it's kind of weird. And, and try to figure out what this means. And we can, we'll, we'll work on that. And then... Um, you know, as as you indicated, there's probably not, that probably there's this bigger plan going on. Like people are, if somebody robs a not robs, they they steal something from a store. When's the best time to apprehend them? You know, as you said, it's five minutes after because the adrenaline is down. So when when we watch the management of of protesters that have turned violent, so everybody has a right to protest, right? But if protesters turn violent. Um, I've, I've seen some, you know, law enforcement that have just, you know, they've navigated and they've steered the more, you know, this violent group down like a, a road where they can't do any harm. It's a road into a park, right? Or it's a road, you know, so 
these these things are kind of they're already planned out. There's a lot of stuff we just don't know of of why it's happening. This whole thing too of finite voltage, it's a big thing, right? We know when people get to a hundred days in civilians under stress, they start to crack. They start to lose it. People you and I know, they start to say things like, uh, you know, I, I just can't handle this anymore. When's it going to end? And they turn negative and nihilistic and all of this stuff. And you need to give people, you need to realize that 100 days, people kind of crack under perpetual. We've had that. We've had the coronavirus civil unrest that's exceeded now 100 consecutive days. So give people outs, give people ways to think about, okay, now we're going to start a campaign You've talked about this so well, you know, like World War II, a campaign of collecting bottle caps, collecting metal. And just we can create these campaigns either for ourselves, whether it's learning skills, all this stuff is free. We can get online courses, trainings, um, or if you're tangibly doing things or building things, renovating part of your house, fixing your car, cleaning. It doesn't have to be, but it's a campaign. I'm actually, I'm doing this now. I'm starting this campaign. And then, you know, we, we got into, you know, got into the end uh, part, which is, there, there's there's this yin and yang. There's there's always two sides. There's a protagonist and an antagonist. And some people do want to dabble over into this antagonist side. And if we look at people who have been, um, you know, been arrested because of, of looting, for example, I looked at, at some of the people kind of, uh, you know, in our state capitol. And, you know, these are recent high school grads and, and they don't have like a whole background this isn't their thing this but this was this momentary thing that they they want it to be in this tribalism or either this contagion took them over so it is it is uh, you remember the movie batman what was it batman the dark knight rises where alfred says some people just want to watch the world burn and maybe that maybe it's innate you know when you talked about it firefighting i talked about it with firefighting you know there's a fire there's a big building burning downtown a lot of people show up because it's it's chaos, right? There's a, there's an adrenaline with that. There's something very drawing of that. And then, um, any, so any, anything you want to leave us with any, I, I, I believe, I don't think you have a, a website or any thing of, of that nature, uh, Phil, but any, anything you want to leave, leave us with some words. John Steele, smash that like button. Yeah, everybody, thank you for this. Is a this is, if you go back and listen to the show from the start, which I really encourage you to do. There is so much wisdom, um, and I'll capture part of this. It's going to be in, in the book I'm writing now. Uh, Phil and I, Phil and I talked yesterday for uh, quite a time, and 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 I regret that I didn't record that conversation because again, I just I took many notes, and my handwriting is is real bad and. And I'm like, I don't know what I wrote down and all this stuff because I, I would have harvested back from that. I would have replayed parts of that and just taken it because it's so, so intellectual, um, the intellectual feast. But yeah, wh what do you think, Phil? I think that we should build on decency, but keep our individ individuality so that um, be a good person yourself, be a good person to, to your mother, to your kids, to your neighbors. But uh, keep a certain kind of not violence, but but decency. So don't do business with evil people, but clean up if someone does something evil. And I think it could serve some. It will circle itself out, and also very important: not 
not fall into conspiracy, not think it is space aliens, it is anything crazy like that. With humanity, it can only go on if if we get back that decency and if we get some some rationality back into it. That's what I can say. And when we talk about rationality, um, you know, that's everybody here. That's people listening um, right now. People, we have a beautiful, 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 the most beautiful chat ever. No, we have we have so smart people. We have. I, I'm so appreciative of the people that follow this show. John, Red, Sast. I mean, Mikibus, you guys are are you're just you're dialed in. And again, you're the people that others go to. So it is, it, I, I, I guess it is this, this part of you go out and then you are the member checks, the people that level it up for other people and you help them balance and, and they can kind of calibrate to you. Um, so yeah, each of us does that. Other people start to, uh, to, to replicate that. And, and I, I, I've talked about many times, like I use the word, I observe, I observe. And I tell people, and now I, I hear people say that, like that I interact with on a regular basis. Well, David, I observed, I observed. And then how many people are they working with or interacting with that say things like I observe? So it's the impact of if we do it, other people um, at least will become aware of it. It's a different narrative than what they're hearing. It usually stands out in their mind. And as you said, I, one of the things I learned was, in the, in the whole coronavirus, civil unrestling, but especially coronavirus, we, the, we talked about empathy and we have to also know that some people are really panicking right now, right? They, they, they're hit, they've hit their finite voltage, this velocity of information. They don't know how to process it. They, they haven't gotten reliable face validity. And, but these are people who, you know, there are our relatives, could be coworkers, could be uh, people we work with. Um, it, university, whatever, and they start to, to to lose it. Their narratives are starting to get wonky. And somebody told this to me and, they, and I took this and I said, I have a choice. I can either correct them and give them authentic information or I can I can show kindness to them and say, um, what, what I'm observing, the information I'm getting is different than the information you're getting. We're working with different information sets and I'd like to share with you what I have. And... By doing that, you're kind of subtly telling them, yeah, what you're saying is wrong. <laughs> it's it's authentic. It's it's not right. Um, like the border is closed between states and things like that. That that is that's literally incorrect. Um, but I'm not pointing, I don't have to embarrass them. And I think that's something that you have to give people a way out. You have to give people who are just overwhelmed by by things right now. And um, and that's a way to show respect to them. So I've been very careful. I've just I've, I've said that so many times to people. I have a different information set than you do, or I have a different member check network, and I can tell you how mine works. And and I'm not necessarily like directly coming out and telling them you're wrong. I'm just trying to 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 point this out. And then a lot, a lot of times they'll just say, "Yeah, I guess we have different things," or "I didn't know that," or "That you had this," or we'll just kind of you know separate out, and hopefully they'll think about it. But I mean, if they continually go with that, it's like I I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm working with different knowledge um, than apparently, you know, we have access to different knowledge sets. That's an actual term, Phil, like I use a lot now too with people. And it seems to work really well versus like trying to, to escalate a conversation or have a debate with people that just aren't ready for that or they have to anchor to this confirmation bias. So just say, we have, we have access to different information, um, you know, so... And I'm I'm going to go with the information set that I have, but thanks for you know for sharing what I and I'd be glad to share with you. But 
yeah, just yeah, kindness. So it's just I can I can add to that that um, it seems crazy, but for many Germans, um, there's there's like two camps. For some of them, the U.S. is paradise, and for some, it's hell. It's um, crazy. They have so little knowledge of of the culture over there of uh, of the English language. Is uh, I'm I'm shocked by that. I'm really shocked that people don't listen to each other. For example, um, Turkey. I'm I love that country. I love the countryside. I love the the no food. I don't want to say that. I love this this the folklore. I love the stories, the rich culture. I. I really love to em embrace when talking to the people. And some say, no, it's hell. You can't go there. You can't go to Russia. It's hell. But none of the people who always say it's bad, bad, bad. No one was there. And it's like the story of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Everyone says everything out of Hobbingen is bad. And you can only go on that adventure or see a solution to an obvious problem, an army marching, if you go somewhere else. So I can, um, to the American listeners, I can say the grass is always greener on the side. For example, social systems, it's not that great. You don't want that. Be happy about what you have. It's not that better. It's something else. So faithfulty is very important. Listen to the people, but listen not only to a small minority who by chance are privileged. So we are at some point we're the same same kind of decent persons. I say Yeah. That's what I can say. It's everywhere on the world we have the same mindset, I can say that. No matter where we're from. So differences are sometimes there, but what I can say and um, American firefighter, German firefighter, African, Asian, they give themselves the hands and they have the same values. I don't know where this comes from. I'm going to uh, touch on a few things in the in the chat before we close. Um, yeah. One is uh, John Steele is in the chat, our good friend John Steele from Seattle, Washington. Um, and anybody um, listening, you know, please, please share. Uh, John had an interview a few nights ago with TJ Martinell. It's on John's channel. You can see John's name, John's channel on YouTube. That was an incredible uh, interview. Actually, it would it would couple to this really well. Um, TJ, of course, um, brings so much of this this historical perspective to to you know looking at kind of how things are currently framed. But that was that was an incredible show. So um, thank you, John, for having that. Um, shout out to, you know, Mickibus, uh, Red, um, Juan, Juan Post at Juan Cabrera also that he has relatives um, in, in Mexico and what's being portrayed by the media to his relatives who live in Mexico is that the U.S. is, is hunting out, you know, people, whether it be people of color, um, people of certain political affiliations, and, and this is an active process. So, you know, obviously that's where face validity comes into place, which Juan knows so well. Juan was a guest on the show, talked about face validity in San Francisco, also with homeless um, people. And, and that's an area of expertise where um, he has, um, he's a photographer, learns the stories of, of homeless people. And we have, we have new people in the show, uh, Mr. Make Prang 
Um, yeah, just um, we uh, just want to give a shout out to people who are new to the show. If you found the content, please subscribe to the channel. This is episode 141 of the Safety Doc Podcast. Um, there's always a blog post. It's in, it's in video. It's in audio. The, the show prior to this was Larry Lawton. Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel thief. Really are able to find some absolutely value-added guests. Um, certainly Juan Cabrera, Larry Lawton, and of course today, uh, Phil. So, and I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to be, be absolutely on the level with you here on the Safety Doc Podcast. That is something I... I will always stake my reputation to what I tell you on the show and, and the guests that we bring in and the blog posts is it's authentic information. Another thing is, you know, you get in the show, you go back, people have said, Hey, I found your channel. And you know, there's 140 episodes and they, and, and they said, I've watched, you know, so many, and I feel like I'm stacking skills. Like I learned something about face validity, about positive recency, about whatever. And I'm like, yeah, if you do watch this show, for example, you are going to learn uh, things that you didn't know before. You're going to get some perspective. So if you watch 10 episodes, maybe there's seven or eight new things that you're going to use in everyday life. You're going to start incorporating those. You're just going to be better. You're just going to be better. At and so thank you so much. Last thing here, the School of Airs, Rethinking School Safety in America. This is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, places that sell books and libraries too. But if you can do me a favor, consider it. Talks. I wrote a lot about chaos theory, a lot of interviews. Um, it's really a terrific read. There's a brand new review put up this week by Nick August um, on Amazon. It's interesting because if you buy the book and you're in an, another country, if you put a review on your Amazon, it doesn't show up in the U.S. Amazon. <laughs> so I've had people like from Canada who bought the book and wrote, I wrote this great review. And, and I find out like it, it shows up in Canada, but it doesn't show up in the U.S. They don't link those two things together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and if you're Germany is, is a little bit of a struggle to get the book, isn't it? You got to know Phil. You got to say no Phil. Phil. You, you, you can try to, you can you try, can try to, to get it. They'll, it, they'll find it. It takes you. some time. It takes some time, but they'll after find some you. months, you will, you might get it. And there's this, I guess there's, you showed me there's one in one university. It's still there. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a university um, and, and in Germany that, that has the book in an online, uh, format. So I, I did find that, but, uh, but yeah. So everybody again, um, oh, John, John, what's your, oh, John Red Crusader is asking. So, um, yeah, John Red, just go in on YouTube and go John Steele or like in this show, if you, if you follow the show, on YouTube, on the side, I've got other shows where I've had the guests be on, and John's on there, and you can click and you'll find his channel. John Steele was a guest for episode um, 88 of the Safety Doc podcast, and it was um, Escaping Seattle, which is, a, again, an incredible episode. John, kind of similar to Phil in a way, has a background in uh, security, and, and and that show was really vivid. That was that was done maybe 18 months ago, so it was prior to the pandemic and prior to what's happening in Seattle now. So just some some perspective, but that is, that, that is a terrific terrific show. So let me clean up through the uh, through the chat here. Um, so yeah, Red Safe Tech always put the link to your book in the. Oh yeah, sorry about that. So the best way to get my book. Um, just go to schoolofheirs.com. Um, it will be in the show 
description um, and the blog post and things like that. If you just go to schoolofairs.com, it'll it'll take you right to Amazon. You can find my book. Um, I, again, I would appreciate it. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Not I think. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, everyday life. Um, anything. I, I interviewed Katie Pashan of, of the Cajun Navy Relief. She's in there. Um, she was in her 20s. She's helping coordinate these boat rescues of people during hurricanes. So like, how do you navigate through all of that? Um, just really phenomenal stuff. You're, you're going to be, you're, it's a good read for you, especially a good read in times right now when we're dealing with chaos. So wrapping up here down there is schoolofairs.com. Please, 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 please um, consider, you know, the book, but if whatever, uh, subscribe to this channel. We need more subscribers. We've gone up substantially since the start of the year. We need more subscribers. This is good content. Your friends, uh, share it with them. And hey, appreciate Juan. Appreciate John. The shout out in this book. Appreciate Phil. Phil is Phil is a terrific guy. He is is so dialed in with with awareness. I've wanted to have him on the show for a while. Um, this this opportunity presented. It's it's really an honor for me. It is such an honor, and I share with this this with Phil yesterday to have a discussion, an intellectual discussion is a feast. I mean, if someone were to, to say, I would give you this brand new Ford Fiesta car, or you could do this podcast with Phil, I'd take the, I'd take the podcast or Phil or with John Steele or Larry Lawton, because the, it is this the, being able to get this intellectual again, feast of all of the neurons, the brain lighting up, you know, is, is so valuable. And especially I think guys, you know, and, and everybody, you know, participating in watching the show, participating in the chat. You know that. You find other shows. Um, Masculine Geek. Masculine Geek on Wednesday night, uh, for example. Another phenomenal show that has this level of, of interaction. Um, and we leave here better people. We level up. We leave here better people. We also kind of uh, have our, our thoughts calibrated. I, I receive this one again. Yeah, if I guess the Masculine Geek, things like that. So, Red, take care in Ohio. I hope the severe weather is gone. It's humid as hell here right now in Wisconsin, and I've got some real dicey tree situation going on. Uh, both of my neighbors have tree damage, and the thing is, like, if the trees fall, they'll fall on my house <laughs> from the storm we had a month ago. So I talked to one of them this morning. I'm like, hey, how's the tree removal thing going? Because if we get another storm, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have my house like wiped out. So yeah, I never I never worried about storms until right now. And the only reason I worry is because I don't want this damn tree to fall on my house. I got a chimney on that side. I just had a chimney rebuilt last year. I don't need it as be hell as safety dock house gets heated with, with wood. I would cut the tree up and I'd have the wood, I guess, right, Phil? I mean, but then if the fireplace isn't working, chimney. So it's chaos. What the hell am I gonna do? Blankets. All right. Hey, um, Phil, any, how to connect to you? How do you follow your work on, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, uh, Gramagram, I Instagram? I do, I do have a Twitter uh, handle. I'm, I guess I'm... Can you, you type um, it? Can you type it in there? Um, are you, are you, I'm, you, con it's connected with yours, I say. It's, it's mostly just uh, shit posting right now, but I will put on more quality content in the future. It's a, uh, it's a lot of um, uh, how can we say it's it's face validity. It's my everyday life. I'm setting up a YouTube uh, channel at the moment. It's um, I have one in German. It's uh, 
mostly from my past uh, psychological consulting things. Um, it's nothing, nothing interesting for US, US people. So um, I will do this in English soon, but it will be way less psychi um, psychology heavy, more economy observations. This um, I will, okay. I will, so uh, I just I, I put your Twitter in there, so then I, um, I, you did it. You did it. That's that's great. Okay, so people Thank can you. can start to get a and and Phil's you know going to have more content out. And Red, do you have a galvanized roof? I don't. I have a forty year shingle roof, and actually. Um, it was inspected after the tree fell on the house and, and the insurance inspector said roof is in great shape because it's super heavy shingles. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely go with a, a steel. I got hurricane grade steel siding on my house that I had put on in 2011, which um, does have a few dents from the neighbor kids throwing rocks at it when they were younger, but otherwise uh, that is heavy duty. <laughs> so if this in is front of my house is, is stone. So if, if my house goes down, uh, yeah, there is, this is bad news. Phil, this will be bad news. If you hear that uh, the same docs wiped off the actually, map. Actually, I hope that we will never talk about a Godzilla-like uh, situation because right right now I, everything is possible. I guess giant reptilians, we don't know. Right. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, right. Uh, oh, God. It, se it seems off-worldly, but... Flying saucers? <laughs> right. uh, we we had them. We had them. Um, right. They didn't. They, we had them in February. They didn't sell. Like right. no one. They no one. Like I am prepared for such a scenario because you can insure your house against that. And I I can certainly say, I want to have that day. They don't get the television. I want that mass attack squad out there. I will go out <laughs> with a rifle. They will not get the television. Oh man. God. They won't get my. They won't get my NES collection. They won't get it. Yeah, and I was telling Phil, I sold my Sega Genesis, which I, I loved. One. I have one. I if 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 it wasn't, okay. if it would not cost ten Sega Genesis to send you, I would send you one. Right. But uh, I know you. The, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. And, and I've there's a sign out in uh, there's an on air sign that's USB powered that I I need I to tried. buy for the office. It's really I tried. Cool. I gave my best. It's uh, you. Yeah. That's that's something. That's a fun fact about Germany: you can order games. You can any. You order, can order the, anything from Japan. It will be here in four days. I have. I don't want to break. I have some games. They they come from Japan in four days. Right. If I order in Germany, I I pay four or five times the sum, and I wait three weeks. So they don't have their shit together here. So I would like to send you. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe, I know. Maybe maybe one day you can you can play shitty old Sonic on shitty old Sega. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh God. Yeah. You, one of these things, guys. Don't give up your your gaming platforms because I had that thing when I was a teen and whatever, and I just got rid of it as a cleaning thing, right? I just I just put it up for sale on ebay and i you know it did pretty well but now looking back it's stupid because I, I wish i had the game and it was just one of those stupid things i i look i'm like damn it i'd be playing a madden football right now i'd be doing sonic the hedgehog and i don't know that kind of sucks i it read i think red i don't know if you're ready you, you put in there in a previous show that you were thinking about getting rid of your gaming system or like oh. is that something you, you do when you, you go to don't do it don't do it. Put it in a box. Okay. Keep it. 
do not get rid of your gaming in, in system. In the background, there's two um, Sony Triniton PCs, uh, not PCs, uh, televisions. I was asked, my my then girlfriend said, and for uh, either me or the television, you just can see the answer. Right. Sometimes you have to choose. Sometimes CRT. you have to crowd in. You have you have to crowd in. Sometimes you you have to keep keep yeah. your dreams alive. Anything for some craziness. Okay. Cool. Hey, everybody. This has been the Safety Doc Podcast with your host here, Dr. David Prone, down in the North Star Recording Studio, where it is 80 degrees and humid, but that's uh, it's much uh, warmer and more humid upstairs. Our guest today, Phil Heinrich from Germany, live from Germany. We had to coordinate the time zone stuff. And my God, Thank you, you would think this much, isn't uh, that big of an issue, but uh, but uh, I'm not good at the I'm time still zone. A little, I'm still a little starstruck, and thank you very <laughs> much for having me on. I, well, I I appreciate this is but a, a terrific show. I can't wait to go back and and listen to it and take notes. I'm going to get a clean sheet of paper. Then I, I timestamp everything so I can go back and look at it. And I learned that like at the 31 minute mark because I'm like, how the hell am I going to find this stuff? It's such great great stuff. Such a great guest. We'll have you on again. Phil's going to be working with me. I'm developing um, the velocity of information, the new book that I'll be releasing. Oh my god, School of Bears is is great. Philosophy of information is going to take you to a whole different level um, during during uh, anything that you're going to manage in life. It is just a, such a mind a mind bend. I am so excited with that. Um, so everybody, thank you. Please, if you haven't hit subscribe on the way out the door, do that. Check out our good friends, Masculine Geek Wednesday night. Um, TJ, Rob, and Vince. Um, thank you, Sast, Mictibus, Red. One, just so much. Uh, appreciate all you guys uh, a ton. Everybody, the Safety Doc Podcast, safetyphd.com. Check it out and take care, everybody. We are out. This has been the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio show host, and leading safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Remember to check back each week for the latest best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. You can find Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.